Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. All right. Uh, we're live. Um, hello, folks. Episode 224 of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, long time. Um, I've known this guy for a long time. Long time friend. Uh, just overall salt of the earth human. I think one of the nicest people I've met. And, and you have not disappointed since I met you years and years ago. I think you've just become even a better dude. Uh, and also, I've had your wife on the podcast. I've had your father-in-law on the podcast. I've had your wife's co-worker on the podcast. And now it's time to bring you full circle. I'm here, man. So Eric Ashline, uh, the one and only. Thanks um, a lot, my man. This will be fun. And you're the first guy to to chris, christen the room with bush light yes hey so i uh north country cheers. beer cheers man yeah uh, so or as the irish say slancha right there we go so <laughs> so uh all right so yeah first first thing we ended up i talked to you the other day and like what do you want to what should i bring and you mentioned something about like liking bush light mm-hmm. and i made a face i'm like okay like i'm gonna i'll see where this goes so then on friday saint patty's day I went skiing. So we're at Whiteface. We stop at mid-station with a couple guys. We're like, let's, let's grab a beer. So we go to grab a beer. And the option is there's a fat tire, there's Bud Light, and there's Bush Light. Very slim pickings at mid-station. Yeah. So, and, and so the, the fat tire was an ale, which I almost went with. Bud Light, which I don't like. And then it was Bush Light. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a Bush Light because I know Eric wants Bush Light. You got to prep. So I got to prep. I got to kind of like get the taste buds. <laughs> I drink Bush Light. Gotta admit, don't like it. Still reminds me of college. Well, I'm sorry. No, but Should've no. Should have you in the bush instead no, of the no, bush No, no, no. But this, and I said, I'm going to just, <laughs> we're going to muscle through it. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's like, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. You ever drink old these? That was the worst thing. Old English? No, I never had. Yeah. That's the worst. The, the worst beer I ever had was called Kilkenny. It was like a cream ale or something up uh, in Montreal. And it was, it was terrible. But yeah. a six pack. I'm like, it's Irish beer. It'll be good. No. Awful. I, I didn't even finish a can. Oh my! So the other five, they were sitting in some hotel room, and then maybe the, maybe the the people cleaning the room got excited. But uh, where where's the love of bush light come from? I know we're starting off at a I, weird spot, but it'll no, get better. No, folks. no, it's all good. Um, it started a couple summers ago up at Split Rock. You know yep. where that E-town? is? Newtown, yeah. Evan Green brought it over. You know, normally it'd be like Miller Light. Or just, you know, sip it on whiskey. We're just throwing Evan under the bus real we quick are, on this one. Yeah. <laughs> He'll appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, he brought the bush light. I'm like, really, dude? And all of a sudden, I mean, that's the only thing that was there. It just hit right. But it did. It kind of the closest thing to water, in my opinion. Then the bat blue. <laughs> See, blue, like blue light's my blue favorite light. Blue light, that's what I mean. Blue light's yeah. my favorite light beer. So if you said we're having blue light, I'm like... Up. Why my, didn't you tell me? I would have that, No, 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 no. This is okay. this is your your episode. We 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 were we were accommodating. Hey, it's I fine. appreciate you having me on here. By the way, this is great. No, this will be this will be a lot of fun. So, um, so Eric, bring us bring us back. For people that don't know you, who are you? Like, what have you done? Why are you uh, 
why are you the the good guy that I just introduced? You haven't talked to my wife yet, have you? No, yeah. you won't. I don't want her to warp my mind on no, this. You have, I still think yeah, you're a good yeah. guy. Thanks, man. Uh, so yes, uh, I currently for the well for the last five years have been working for residential resources as a DSP, also known as a direct support professional. Basically, uh, I do a lot of one-on-one work with uh, my autistic clients, uh, you know, young young uh, boys to young adult men. Um, you know, other than that, I love being a father. I'm a family guy, like the outdoors, which I don't really get to see too much of it, lately. You know, the first happens. one kind of makes the second one a little bit tougher. Yeah, right? it does. It'll, it'll get better though. But it does, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing, you know? So So. how did you get into the current gig? Well, my wife wrote me into that. I see, I, when I was in school and then went out to college, I always wanted to be a history teacher. And then, uh, I just didn't have the drive in college. I stopped, I quit. Um, and then all of a sudden, almost a decade down the road, here I am, I meet the love of my life. And she is running, currently still running Horses in Motion, uh, mm-hmm. equestrian lessons. And I'd say 95% of her clients are autistic, horse, you know, with the horse therapy lessons. So I had met Alex, and she had an aide, you know, uh, an assistant who was leaving to go to school in Michigan. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't find anybody. And I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> So she wrote me in and I enjoyed it. And there was just that connection. And um, then I was hearing from other DSPs and aides that uh, they needed more male clients. That was a big thing. And it still is right now. So I applied for residential resources, did a few trainings, and here I am. I love it, you know? So what's a... Like, are you one-on-one? Are you going to their house? Is this at, like, a school? Do you, you know, is this, uh, like, a travel buddy almost? Um, yeah, so I do a lot. One client I have, um, he's 24, but I've had him since he was 18. A lot of it's at his house, but, you know, I used to bring him to the gym. Uh, we go for our walks because I'm also referred to, to as a lifestyle trainer. So, like I said, it, it's about you know, giving these kids, bringing them out into the community and mm-hmm. also like said, and recreational stuff, making them active and being a part of the community and public. Uh, and, and the same with a younger uh, autistic child I work with. He is, um, he's 15 already. Yeah. And I've had him since he was 10. And once again, bringing him out to places, uh, he's, this, you know, He's learning how to take pay for stuff, money of the wallet, learning cash. I mean that that's a big deal, especially getting out of out of school because, uh, unfortunately, in many of these cases, once the autistic kids are out of school, not too many services are provided for them. So, you know, you just want to do the best you can, help these kids get into the real world, and mm-hmm. you know. So and and I try to do the same with the twenty four year old and. Um, unfortunately, I mean, you know, there's, there's a pretend, you know, you see a line like of a spectrum, right. Mm -hmm. And there's different, uh, like severe, not so severe in his case, uh, he can't, he'll never have a job, you know, 
um, so won't get married. Severe side. Yeah. So it, it's, it's sad, but you know, it's still, you want to give him the, the best life that he, he can have, you know, out in the real world and, you know, meeting other people. That's, that's all it's about is that social interaction. It's so huge. Do, um, so do you find like the, so you work with about two, two people normally or two? Yep. So out of the two, it, uh, guys that you work with, like, um, I mean, how's the social skills? It like like you're helping them go out, but is that something they struggle with, or is that something where they're like, actually, they're really good. They just need the connection. They need to make the connection they, or introduce someone to you. They they do struggle with it um, at times. It, it depends what kind of a situation, I guess, or how many people. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I get like that. I mean, we all yeah, get like yep. that. We can be fine for twelve yeah. people, and then all of a sudden there's yeah, thirty people. And like, whoa, that's too much. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> So, and the unfortunate thing was when COVID came around, um, the, you know, it was like going 10 steps forward and now six steps back because mm-hmm. everything was in the lockdown. Right. So, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for things that they had like going on from, you know, just they're canceled. So it, it screwed that social interaction, which thus it, it made anxiety go up were you still able to work with them i was still able to work yes uh yeah i I definitely was and you know it was awesome you know i mean i needed something to do too you know i needed that socialization myself and uh you know didn't want them to be left behind so when you so again if you work with someone that has special needs and and they're um you know i think it's i mean from your perspective like what, what do you get out of you know, trying to help someone else. Obviously you went, you helped Alex, you know, with the horses in motion and that kind of drew you in. And obviously there's yeah. something, there was a connection there that you wanted to pursue, obviously as a career. So that's pursuing that on a, you know, much greater level than just being like, Oh, that's a cool thing. Yeah. You know, that's nice. Someone does that, but you're like, no, I want to be that guy. I want to be the one that's, that's there and kind of the, you know, that first person uh, experience. So what, what's, what has kept you doing it? What's the thing that you like the most about it? Like, what is, really, um, what have you gotten out of it that you? The big thing, I mean, yeah, you got to have a, you got to have a big heart, you know? Um, and a lot, I'd say you got to have a lot of patience for, mm-hmm. uh, for your clients, for the autistic, uh, kids and, and adults as well. Um, you know, I, there are good days and there are some really bad days, but I know when I go to bed at night, I can wake up the next morning realizing, you know, what, I'm looking forward to going to work. You know, that, that right there defeats, yeah. that, that makes a really good job fun, you know. And this is pretty much every day for the most part or most days? Monday through Friday, yep. Um, once in a blue moon, maybe, you know, on a weekend. And, and, and I, you know, and the, and the cool thing about like working for residential resources, is they love when you take one of your clients and like bring them into your family life or <laughs> I, if, if I had a friend who was getting married, hey, want to go to the wedding? You know, that's a, that's what it's all about, the, the social interaction. Yeah. And, so. most, and the t- two guys take you up on that or try to, if the, if the opportunity is there? I brought uh, hockey games, like Plattsburgh State hockey games. Yeah, uh, Yeah. A uh, few, like, you know, soccer games for, like, the kids, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, well, let's see. A couple of baseball practices just for them to be a part of something, make make friends. And they know. like sports. Um, yes, actually, or seem interested in it at least. The the oldest one, uh, and I'll, his name is Nolan. Um, loves hockey. Uh, and then there's uh, Aaron, the youngest one, and he's into hockey. Like he liked baseball, but uh, 
he's really i've got him into the outdoor stuff as well so yeah. like hiking and that kind of hiking thing? yep camping you know bushcraft stuff you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I got a um is bushcraft that book i got a book called bush bushcraft is yep. that it's a book is that an actual like title of something um i i guess it's some kind of like uh you know, like, survivor wilderness thing, you know, how to, you know, make a, uh, you know, of course, like a fire, how to make certain tools out in the woods or, it's like know. a farmer's almanac for Boy Scouts, yeah. of Boy yeah. Scouts, basically. It really is. Um, so I had this like little book and it said Bushcraft on it. It was like Bushcraft 101 or something. Yep. Um, Just the basics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know uh, Seth Adams, but he gave it to me over COVID and I haven't read the whole thing, but I've like flipped through it and read like passages and stuff and it. Again, I've never, I'm not a big camper, but mm -hmm. I could see like if you're going camping, like that's not a bad book just to slip into the pack, you know, if you're going, cause like it's like a little like encyclopedia. Oh cheat yeah. Sheet. If you have no tent and it starts getting rained on, you're going to want to learn how to build yourself a shelter, right? And, and yes. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, definitely a fire. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not the, uh, outdoorsy type. I, I think I like the idea of going outside and like, I, I like the thought of it, but I know like if it was me going out, if you're like, hey, Gallon, like one weekend you should come with me and we're going to go camp in the Adirondacks, have some fire, cook some food, have some drinks and just like have a like relaxing night. I'd be like, that sounds awesome. And I'm going because I know Eric knows what he's doing. And I know Eric has, you know, a tent. <laughs> come to Split Rock. <laughs> yeah. And he's got it. He's got bush light. He's like, I know he's he like has an understanding of what he should do. And I yep. just show up with like a sleeping bag and like a change of clothes. And I'm like, I'm just kind of around for the ride. Now, if the roles are reversed, you're like me going to do that i have no clue because mm -hmm. the learning curve i'd be like i yeah. I, um, I got a tent i watched some youtube videos like yeah i mean this is how my mind would work if i was going camping i'm like is there anything i need to be worried about is there any like random thing like you know you think of like toilet paper but is there like any random oh thing? you gotta bring the toilet paper but you, but, stuff, <laughs> but stuff you think about that you're like i didn't even think about bringing that because like it's just you know obviously it's just a different scenario of what you normally live day to day so yep. my uh i always feel like me going camping would be much better if I went with somebody. I need like a guide. I need someone that's. I don't want to. I don't want to glamp. I'm I'll not, bring in next time. Yeah, I don't need You'd to glamp. But I just like I, it was the peacefulness is what I like. Yeah, like sitting around a campfire, just like chilling, like on a nice night out. Like there's, it's very hard to beat that. Yeah, and I think that's like one of the things I love about the area. It's just like it's very chill. You don't have a lot of the noise pollution. A couple weeks ago, I was with some buddies and um, actually Adam, mm -hmm. and we went up to his camp. Uh, before skiing this was not this past friday or thursday last week um and we just sat out a couple guys just shooting the breeze had some drinks had dinner had a campfire and what the coolest thing was you could see like the adirondacks so you could see like you know there's uh, you could see white face there grooming the trails and but you saw what i thought was always cool like you look up and you saw the, sky, the stars like basically going across the sky yeah you keep looking up and like constellations are changing in the sky and it was like I don't know the last time I sat out long enough to really see the transition from, you know, from nothing to like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Um, Especially was, sorry, really cool. if, if you're in Plattsburgh too, are you, are you in living Plattsburgh? Morrisonville. Morrisonville. So yeah. it's kind of tough to see, right? The stars. Our, well, it's like that in Rouse's point. Yeah. Like when we go out in my house and I like look up, if it's a clear night, you can see a lot of stars. Now, yeah. granted, like we have some street lights and we have light pollution from houses. Yeah, yeah. So where we were, we were like in Clintonville. We were like in the woods. There was no, like we had no lights on. <laughs> we had the moon. It was like almost a full moon. And, yeah. and you know, we had the fire going. So that's like pretty much what our light was. And you just like look up and it was like, it was just beautiful. That is, yeah. And But you could see like the star, like the constellations like going, you know, 
across the sky or us spinning, you know, not technically they're not going across the sky, you know, but like we're spinning and all that, you know, everything's just kind of transitioning. It just looks so cool. And you saw like the sunset. I'll have to show you the photo. Um, actually, I'll show you what we're talking of the yeah, photo definitely. I took. But um, so sorry, back to, back to work. So you um, so this has been going on for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I think um, I always see people that because I know my like my sister works at a a local school and special ed and she has some like low functioning children and we've had them do like um uh gingerbread house houses for christmas time yep. they come in kind of like a little thing but it, i always find it's and i'm only with them for maybe you know two hours but it's like it's fun to interact because even though it's difficult i find that you kind of like slowly gain the trust factor for some of these kids and um and i feel and i feel like you try and then you see them like open up and then kind of really in, you know, my sister kind of preps me on each kid and like this kid's, you know, very good. This kid's probably won't talk. This kid, you know, might act up, but you know, and you kind of know the kids and eventually you kind of see them as they, they go through, you know, the gingerbread houses and they kind of get a little better and you see like a little bit of excitement or, you know, like, Oh, I figured that part out or Hey, look at my thing. And I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool to see the excitement of them. But I also think that a lot of them, like they need that extra, they need the activity, but they need, you know, they just need some people to be friends with them and, and just, you know, hang out with them. And I think, like you said, the so- we're social creatures. Like, everybody's social. Like, that, even yeah. if you're, like, an introvert, you still need some type of social. Exactly. You know, it's what makes the world spin around, man. Um, yeah. So, no, I think that's that's good. Um, the – actually, I'm, oh, here it is. So, this is the mountain range. I wish – and it actually gets better. So, we're, like, looking up. So you can see like the sun coming over. So again, people can't see this, but this is that's beautiful. I forgot which which mountain range it is. I'm not again. My my bushcraft skills are low, <laughs> but so the sky. So this neck, not this photo. The next photo. I swear to God, there's no filter on it. I just like was taking photos. This is the next wow. photo, and I zoomed in on it, and this thing was like it, it was like the sky was on fire, and it was beautiful. And, and my daughter calls it cotton candy sky. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what I call it too. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. I never heard it before. And I'm like, I literally Get heard out it from, here. from my daughter. She, okay. She's like, that's cotton candy sky. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Now yep. I've heard it multiple times. I'm like, wait. Said so she's so so she obviously got that way before I did. But I just like how it looks. I want to frame this one because it just it's just like the contrast is cool. It's so simple, man. You know what I mean? It, you know, that, like that's life. That's life, right it's like there. A you know, girl. yeah. It's uh, it's relaxing. I was gonna say. So how do how do you? I mean, you're, you seem like a very easygoing, like patient guy. And you mentioned that, like you have young kids, you're, you know, you're working with other, other, um, children or, you know, people with needs and, you know, how do you find time to like decompress and like turn it off? Because, you know, for my, like parenting, you're on no matter what. Oh yeah. Like if we had like one of your kids here or one of my kids here, like I would be, if it was my kid, I'd be paying attention to you, but like I'm paying attention more to them, even though I'm talking to you. Oh yeah. The other, you know, the eyes around your head are. And, and it's more like aware yeah. where I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I've noticed myself that like, if you go to like a party or something or someone's like trying to talk to you, and you're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, not that I want to rush the conversation with you, but I'm like looking to see where my kids are. Yeah. You're and, not trying to be disrespectful, but you got to keep an eye on your kids. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but as soon as you're like, listen, like you don't actually have kids, you're by yourself. I'd be like. Let's say Eric, like I'm like totally zoned in on, on whoever I'm speaking to. It's just funny how they have that, like, you know, that, that effect on you. So when you, how do you like decompress, relax, chill? Like what's your way of just like <sighs> relaxing during the week, weekend? That's a great that question, man. No, nah, because it's funny you asked me that. Cause I just bumped into, uh, Joel and you know, James Wilson's, uh, parents at price chopper the yep. other day. 
And uh, they're like, it's just you, huh? I was like, yeah. I was like, who would have ever thought, you know, <laughs> at this part of my life, I'd be saying to get some uh, meditation, I'm, I'm going to the grocery store by myself. And they laughed, you know, they, they got a kick out of it. But, oh, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's rare. It really is rare. Yeah. Um, like I said, a lot of patience, Galen. <laughs> I, well, it's just, like, yeah. I try to turn, like, this stuff is fun for me. So, like, yeah. work, I find, like, work, you have, like, you have stressors and stuff in work, but really at the end of the day, like it's I put it in perspective, it's like even if I have the day where I'm like, oh god, that's like the situation was crappy or that was mm-hmm. crappy. Like you put it in perspective that like and I'm getting better at this of like, okay, I'm in you know, I'm healthy, my kids are healthy, everybody's good. I go home, they're like my family's good. So like any issues is typically like external. Yeah. So I always feel like, okay, we're good. Like don't don't stress out about this, don't dwell on this. Um but there's, like I said, my, and then most of the time at work, like beyond that stuff or beyond being at home with the kids, like this kind of stuff for me is like relaxing. You're yes. talking to people is relaxing. If I can sneak away and go skiing or, or golf, like I try to, I really try to put in stuff. Like I've tried to be more selfish in the last couple years, recognizing like I need those outlets that aren't work or family. And I need like the, I just need like a hobby or I need just some downtime for myself. Yeah. Because I feel, I feel like myself as I get, my mind goes all the time. So just like something, just completely take myself out of like work mode or parenting mode. Um, whether it be a couple hours or an hour or something, it's just to, you know, kind of decompress. Do you, do you, are you, do you get that in your life you think or no? I mean, <laughs> this is funny thing. So, uh. I, I get up every morning at, at four in the morning. I don't have to go to work till nine. <laughs> really? So the first two hours up until about six o'clock, it, it's kind of my time. So I'm there, I'm on my PS five and either playing the game, um, or, you know, other thing catching up on, you know, the current events. And I also, I, I work out for a good hour, you know, five okay. days out of the week. And working out actually that that really helps. That's a good you know mental activity. And this is right at your house, right at my house. Yeah, yep. um, what do they call it? Calisthenics. Like yep. lost. I do a lot of that. Some dumbbells. Nothing too crazy. I mean, as you can see, I'm not I'm not jacked. Here, you're you're so. jacker than but, jack jacker than me. Does that make sense? I, more I don't jacked. Know. More jacked. Yeah. Um, the uh, you're funny. That's <laughs> the um, but no. I th- well, I think that's that's where I I try like the mornings. Four in the mornings early. What time do you go to bed? Uh, Nine. Ten. Ten. 10.30. Yeah. Okay. So you don't Sometime. sleep much then. Oh, no, not. Six hours so, tops? It, yeah, well, you know, sometimes on the weekend, I'll, you know, weekend I'll six, six o'clock, you know, if I'm really tired, maybe seven, you know. Oh, you'll sleep until then. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, uh, I try to go to bed by 10 and I try to wake up at five. Okay. And when I say try, my, I've. I'm really trying to put a focus on it, but like everything else, it's the hardest part is not the waking up. It's the going to bed. Yeah. Like same, early same enough here. to go. Like, like if I go to bed at 10, I'm waking up at five, with no problem. Yeah. But if that stretches to 11, 1130, you know, the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm sleeping five and a half hours, six hours. And I'm like, I can only do so many six hours in a row before I'm like, I, I got to sleep until seven. But at least it, it's constant sleep, right? Like it's not because I get the split sometimes. I mean, like, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like last night was a great example. My daughter, you know, she's just over a year old. Mm-hmm. So she wants her milk, right? So 1230, it's like clockwork. It's always 1230, right? And then it's two. 
And I mean, my poor wife, she's tired and she's got a busy day. So I'm like, I, I got this. So, you know, I mean, that split sleep sometimes yeah. can really get to you. But, um, you know, hey, some of us, I mean, I'm not trying to sound horrible. I mean, you're, some people are meant for that. I'm meant for that, for the split sleep, you know? Yeah. My, my, I think my wife does better on it than I do. Mm-hmm. But I can, like, I can get up and I'll just, but my thing is if I get up, and my sleep is like broken, especially if I'm like, I'm getting six hours. Yeah. And that split sleep ends up meaning I'm getting like five and a quarter to five and a half hours. You know, by the time you actually go back to bed, then I will just sleep in longer. But I mean, sleeping in like, you know, instead of getting up at five, I'll get up at seven. Yeah. To make yeah. up for the time. Yep. But it ends up cutting into the five, which is like, that's when I do like a morning routine. That's when I work out. So if I miss that, then chances are like, okay, I just missed it for the day. And that's the thing that frustrates me. That's I the worst. Because you don't have any time. Like every once in a while when I get home, if I like get home or put the kids, depending what they're doing, I might sneak out because we have a gym in the back garage. Like I might sneak out and work out. Yep. But either some days I don't feel like it or it's just like, listen, it's 530. By the time I get back in, it's going to be like we're doing dinner. And it's just, you know, you have a million you know excuses why you don't go. But a lot of it's too is just it's just very inconvenient because there's a million things going on where those early hours of the day are just like, they're still, they're pristine. They're like, get up. There's nobody in the house. Kids are, what time do your kids get up normally? Um, well, like I said, Lucy gets up usually whenever, I mean, sometimes even four in the morning when I'm up, but she'll go right back to sleep. Okay. But uh, like I said, it, normally on um, good days, Lucy's up at six and Noel will be up at seven. Okay. So about the same. So it's not bad, but you know, like you said, it's that. It sucks when you have something planned, your routine, right? Mm-hmm. Routine is everything. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of like what I was going back to earlier about, you know, during the whole uh, COVID, you know, it was like 10, 10 steps forward and six steps back. These kids had a routine. So, you know, here we are, we're talking about our thing. Can you imagine? Like, that's like double the frustration for them, you know? Well, so. they, they also don't know how to... Um their tool like i like their tool set kind of thing to like overcome that or to deal with it is more limited than us oh yeah exactly so you know for them like in this way you see like kids with tantrums because they don't know a way to express themselves and Mm -hmm. like they got like a couple only a couple like tools that they can do is like i can cry i can scream i can yell you know like i can go to sleep like all these things where we have different ways of coping with it or or put it you know mentally can think around and be like okay my schedule's but how can i problem solve this yeah. those kids are just like it's not my like this isn't happening yeah the exactly. way i want it to happen we, we can pick and choose our battles yeah yeah, yeah and you prioritize <laughs> or you can basically say yeah like, that's really yeah. not that big of a deal like yeah. I, I miss this or that um but no i think it, it that's it's so true and i think that i know a difference when i get on consistent go to sleep wake up because i get so much more done uninterrupted and i really try to focus on even when I go to work, like a million things are going on. I really try to just block stuff off. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get to something, I'm getting better at not beating myself up over it. Where before I'd be like, oh, my God, like I got a, all these things to do. Like perfect example. We were on the road all day this morning. Yeah. I showed up about an hour before you came and I ate lunch, checked a couple things on email, which is really the first time I checked it since yesterday. And I had a, I have a handful of calls I have to make. Like I just know, okay, after the podcast, I'm going to try to do what I can. The most prioritize, like the the higher, um, what's the word? Like t- 
time sensitive or bigger impact things. And mm-hmm. 90% of that is just, I'm just gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna push it off to tomorrow. I'm not gonna stay here until seven, eight o'clock at night and work. I'm oh, gonna yeah. like I'm gonna go from like four to like five, be done and go home. And then everything else I'll just get rid I'll just chip away at it tomorrow. But like in my mind, that a couple of years ago wouldn't have happened. I'd be like, I'm grinding this <laughs> I'm out. I'm doing all of this. Yeah, because I'm like, I can't, I gotta get it done. But it's like, not everything's that important. And some of these things, like you, I probably should or could do it. But if I don't get to it, it's not the end of the world. Or even if it's a slightly missed opportunity, is it worth stressing myself out and working myself to get it done versus just being like, you know, I'm just gonna go home and see my family. And like, if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. Like, that's uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm getting yeah, better at that. It, as you should, you know. Um... Yeah, don't don't sweat the small things in life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it took me a few years to realize that too, man. I think, but I think having, I mean, like I said, we're both a little bit older, and I think one thing I've noticed, and people have told told me this, is that you know, in your twenties, I think you try to like survive a little bit because it's like you you're getting used to um, life, you're you're figuring out what you want to do, maybe with a career or, or a spouse or things like that. Yeah, and I think that when you get I've heard when you get in your 30s, and so far this has rang true for me, is I'm more established in major parts of my life. But then at the 30s is kind of figuring out how I want stuff to be done like yes. on my terms more than like maybe not 100% of my terms. But I'm starting to work towards what I want versus 20s. You're just like I'll take on every opportunity or I'll try different things and I really have no master plan. And I feel like as things get a little bit more concrete in life that are like, things you just can't give up on like okay you get like a spouse and you have kids like it's very hard just to give up on that stuff the foundation's already there you've kind of yeah um like the major pillars of life yeah like because the 20s your... i'm sorry they were a blur to me yeah well i <laughs> was my, like a my, chicken with my head cut off <laughs> yeah I, honestly from when i graduated high school till probably like the time i met my wife which was like 20 i think it was 24 25 um, yeah, for those like five, six, seven years, yeah, I have a very limited memory of things I did during that time. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was not like, not probably the reason people think. I, I mean, I have a terrible memory, so I think it was that. I just, I just, nothing really clicked during that time. I like, I did a lot, and if I really yeah. went back, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, I remember that. But if you grouped it together, I'm like, I really don't know what I was doing in life at that point. Like, yeah, I went yeah. to college, but college was a complete blur to me. Um, and I spent almost no time. Actually, I think I've talked to Alex about this. Like we were both working, going to college, didn't live on campus and we were the same. We were like, go in, do your class, get out, go in, do your class. Like I didn't meet any friends in college and it was just purely like, how quickly can I get out of this place? Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I hated Plattsburgh. It was just like, I just hated school. Like I just wanted, I should say hate school. I just wanted to be done with. (laughs) It's every young person saying, right? Oh, I can't wait to get out the doors, you know, Mm -hmm. and get out of this area and be adventurous and look on. But then at the same time, there's no place like home, right? Especially when you get a little well, older. But I never I never moved away. I think it was just more of like, it was weird, but I didn't care about anybody on campus. Not mm-hmm. They weren't bad people. I'm just like, I have stuff I have, I have, like I'm working, I'm coaching. I, you know, I ended up doing my real estate license during that time. I, you know, obviously I was taking like over, I was overloading my schedule each um I think I think the average is like five classes you take. I was taking like seven just to get out of there. Wow. So I was just jamming everything in, and I was waking up early to try to work out, and then I was rushing to school, and then I was doing work, and then I was going to coach, and then going to games, and my life was just like you were driven. Well, it was just time. like boom, boom. It was a lot of stuff happened. I, I mean, I may or may not have had a girlfriend. I don't know. I mean, different points at yeah, that time. Yeah. But like I had no kids. Like it wasn't. I had nothing really anchoring me down. So it was like it's just me going, and I. 
I know myself is I can just like, I can just get like too focused on stuff and just go, go, go. And then certain things cause you not to be like that, Mm -hmm. like family and kids and stuff, which causes me to be like, okay, don't be as crazy and neurotic and like driven (laughs) in this because you just got to chill. Like you just got to have time like at home where you can chill. And I've gotten way better at it. But I think the thirties for me is like figuring out what I value most um, you know, I'm not as ambitious in work as I was a few years ago because I'm putting more of that time into my kids and my, mm-hmm. my, my wife knowing that like everything will come full circle, but like right now enjoy them, especially when they're little and they want to be with you. And that's just, it. so that's what I'm really putting a lot of emphasis on now knowing things will change in the future in, in a good way, but things evolve or then like they don't rely on you as much and they're going to be at a friend's house or they're going to be doing something where like they're not with me all the time so then at that point then i'm like okay well if they're gone then maybe now i'll use that time to do work versus hang out with them now they want to hang out with me let's hang out with them yeah exactly i've been told by the time they turn seven yeah they're with their friends and uh you're the village idiot till you know they're about 30 years old and then hey dad you know can i get your help here so yeah now i got a kid yeah so now we got now we got to really spend time with our kids right now and they think we're cool and they're smart and everything oh my god yeah i'm like no what's wrong with you (laughs) yeah no I, i i yeah, my, my son gives me some funny compliments sometimes. I'm like, I hope you say this in a few years from now, but like, probably won't. But that's okay. We'll we'll take what we'll I see can. what happens, right? Yeah, we'll we'll take what I can. Um, hey, at least he knows. You know, and the same for your wife. I mean, you guys are both hard workers, and that that's exactly what kids need to see. You know, they need drive. They need. You guys are great role models for your kids. You know that togetherness. That's what's important. Family. So. Well, I was I was talking. Who was I? Maybe it was Gina. Was talking too about this um or maybe it was bryce in the last podcast we went deep into some dad stuff but it was like the whole idea of it like if my kid went to school and got bad grades and i'm saying bad grades in the sense didn't perform well not mm-hmm. lazy like if my kid goes to school and is pulling off c's but they're busting their tail to get c's i'm happy yeah but yeah. i said if they're getting c's because they're not turning in their homework then i'd be pissed but because to me it's an effort thing it's not I don't care how smart you are and I said at the end of the day your work ethic and if you're a nice person far outweigh anything else like if someone's nice and they work hard then you're like an upper person for me from like that's why I like I look at you like and I don't know if you're I'm saying you work hard and you're a super nice guy mm-hmm. like I like that I I have no clue what you got for grades I could care less what you got for grades I, like I'm, I, was, I, I was I was your typical C plus and well with history, of course, you know, and Rob McAuliffe, Hey, you're the best history teacher ever. And Rob Knowles out there. But, uh, uh, and and of course, gym class was an easy A, but other than that, everything was C's and most of it was trying, but at the other point, more hands-on, right? Like there's two types of learners. Either you're with the books or you're more of a hands-on. So, yeah. And like, I, but like, if I looked at someone like you, I'm like, I never would have even guessed. You know, I'm just like, he's a good dude, treats people nice, and works hard. Like, I mean, I think those are two things that I, I can kind of put a good metric on people. Like, if you hit those two boxes, you're probably going to be a good person. Yeah. You know, maybe you can throw in fun, like good personality on, on yeah, top yeah, of that. Yeah, you got to have fun. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's kind of – we're just going to say that should just happen normally. But, yeah. Um, but I think, that, like, really, if my kids – that's – if they work hard and they're good people, then I think I did, like, a parenting win. Exactly. You know, and, like, I – as long as they're trying hard, if they get a, like I said, if you get C's and you're trying your best, yeah. guess what? C, C's are great. You like, treat people right the way you want to be treated. Yeah. You know, things come around. Um, yeah, absolutely. So 
Um, how did you, I've, I've actually wondered this. How did you meet Alex? Uh, I met Alex. Well, it was at North star. It's the old Pfizer facility in cheesy that yep. now Steven and Victor pod, uh, run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the water treatment, uh, operator over there and labor as well. So and landscaping. And so whenever, and I believe Alex and her father and Matt Boyer, mm-hmm. um, they were the realtors for that building. So mm-hmm. they would stop over and because, you know, the pods are trying to sell some space. And, uh, yeah, uh, the brothers introduced me to Alex, and I had already had a girlfriend at that time. So nothing of it, right? Yeah. And then in 2015, flash forward, you know, go a couple years ahead, and then uh, I met her at Oliver Ridley's with, through a friend. Uh, again, you know, I mean – the funny thing was this friend of mine was supposed to be on a date with her and it, it ended up being Alex and I dating, but this friend and I were still f- very good friends and he was in my wedding. So yeah. I'm not going to say his name, but yeah. still, um, so yeah, it, you know, we really it, on Thanksgiving Eve, right? Cause everyone, yeah, all, all the, the locals the get to be, get together at yep. Ridley's and glass onions playing. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's that's how we really got to know one another. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously, I mean, she was, well, she didn't go to North, she went to Seton, right? Yes, she went to Seton. But she was from Rouse's Point? She was from Rouse's Point, and yeah. you grew up originally in Rouse's Point? Nope, Champlain. What, but Champlain? more closer to the Shazy District, but. Because um, you came to Shazy at what year? 2004, halfway through my 11th grade year. So I was only there a year and a half and graduated in 2005. Wow. Yeah, For, yeah. I mean, I knew I knew you came in high school, but that was because the thing with Shay Z, like it's a small school. Everybody knows everybody. So like when <laughs> yeah, you're that's when the you're the guy that comes me. in new, people know who you are. They're like, "There's a new kid." Like it was wild. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you almost are like kind of like a mini celebrity because people are like, "Who's who's this guy?" Like, we yeah. don't know who he is or this gal or or like when you get an exchange student, you're like, "Who the heck are they?" Yeah. It's just a different face, and you're used to that you're not used to seeing. Um, so did you were you did you move or would you just just choose to go to Shay Z? Um, well, my parents had been split up. Um, my dad was living in Canada and my mom was living in Vermont and I didn't really want to live in Vermont and my meme and Pepe, yep, and, you know, they were right there in Shazy. So yeah, I was there. And then, uh, I'd spoken with, with Rob and he knew uh, that my playing at soccer at NCCS is like, yep, come over to the indoor soccer stuff. We'll, mm-hmm. you know, see what you got and everything. And, uh, yeah, and so I went over to Cheesy. Everything all worked out, um, and I was playing in the indoor soccer before I went to school. You know, playing indoor soccer for Cheesy mm-hmm. just a few months before I went to the school, so that helped making friends like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that's how it all started. I mean, I, I went over, and uh, it was the best thing that ever happened. I, I love that school. You know, my wife and I, we've talked about, even if we're in Rouse's Point, we've discussed about sending the kids to Sheezy. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of respect for that school. The teachers, um, <laughs> the worst thing was, I, I was telling you, I, I was horrible in math. And, and science, I was I was average in. But there was, remember Mrs. Moore? Oh, science. Then science, yes. yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, was it, not Miss Ball, was it Penfield? Mrs. Penfield she was for math. math. Yeah. Both of them. Oh, they made me stay an hour over, you know, an hour late over, um, you know, when school was done. Yeah. Just to, like, 
get an understanding. Hey, like this is what you do in algebra because I was horrible in algebra. And hey, this is you know for science. And I'm like, oh. but you know what? All of a sudden, like I said, because I, I went there the second semester, those C's and D's all became B pluses. And I was, you know, was, you look back and like that was really nice. And like they they cared, you know, they they wanted what was best. They're striving. That that's something always been about Sheezy is striving for success or excellence. I, I find, um, yeah, Shazy is tough to explain. Like, if people don't go to Shazy, mm-hmm. it's tough to explain to them. Like, it, and it's, I think it's even hard for us to explain that go to Shazy. Like, um, I think if you, personally, I think if you're an alumni of Shazy, like, you're in, like, an unwritten club with other people that you just <laughs> get it. Like, you just get the, yeah. you know, the Shazy, the, the history, everything. And I think it's very tough to replicate other places because one it is small it's a mm-hmm. small school so you do have a lot of attention with like teachers like class sizes are pretty small and you really only have two classes so it, like it almost seems like a private school in some well, sense well people right? say that it's like it's yeah. a private school i'm like well it's certainly not a private school but i said it is a small school it's a small district and i said a lot of the teachers though because there's plenty of teachers there that like you just said on a, and i think i think mrs moore had a daughter i'm not sure if Penfield had kids, but there's a few teachers that just don't have kids, mm-hmm. but give everything to the school. Like, yeah, and I Mrs. Talking, Brown, Mrs. Brown was an excellent yeah. example at that time. Mrs. Burnham, yeah, yep. right. Yeah, yep. 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 right. yep. So, and she she was one of my all time favorite teachers. Yep. She's actually like basically my neighbor now, but she's uh, oh, no way. That's awesome. yeah. She's such a nice lady, and she um, her AP Lit class, which challenged me because I was not a good reader and writer, mm-hmm. um, was one of the hardest classes I ever took. But if I, it probably was my favorite class I ever took in high school. Yep. And if you would have asked me at the start, I never would have said AP Lit. Yeah. But she kind of gave us, I don't even know if it was like a love of reading or writing. And, it, and I certainly, like, I love reading now. I don't know if I would ever pick either of those two as being like high end for me. But I think what happened was she pushed us. It's kind of like anything else. It's like, who's your favorite sports coach? And be like, Rob, because Rob pushed you. Yeah. You know, and I think that she pushed me from an academic standpoint and I got better. And I think I enjoyed it because I like being challenged, but I like overcoming challenges. So to have that class that was very tough and to finish that class and basically know you earned that grade, even if it wasn't an A, it was like, whatever, I got a B. But I'm like, I worked my tail off to get that. I had way more self-satisfaction on that than if it would have coasted through a class like that was like ah, oh, that was pretty easy yeah and of I, course yeah it was like playing sports like yeah we and not even that we won like i you know we played basketball a couple times um or you know where we didn't have a good team and we kind of finished 500 and you're just like ah, eh, whatever but you didn't like the season was just kind of forgettable um but then like every time you played soccer i have oh, vivid memories yeah. of soccer <laughs> and then even basketball i had rob garen for one year He's a good guy. Great I love guy. Robbie. Yeah, and we won the sectional finals or sectional championship that year, first time ever. Like, I mean, not ever, yep. but first time in. Since I remember the 90s. that. I remember that because I mean, Cheesy wasn't really we weren't a basketball, basketball team. Yeah. No, and that was uh, that was a fun year, um, and I, I had a lot of good uh, memories from that. Like Evan was on the team, Corey yep. Lewis, um, you know, Kenny Boyer. You know, we had we had a lot of. Um, Andy Goodwin, Corey Ellis. I mean, those were basically our starters. Joey Bradley. I mean, we had we had a good crew of guys back then um you know and but you earned it and it like the hard work paid off even though it sucked yeah and then you won it so then but mrs brown certainly like that 
Rob certainly like that as as a um, back I mean, when he was doing yeah. history. Um, there was Frechette, Mr. Frechette. I yep, didn't Justin. have him, but oh, actually I did for some computer thing. But boy, he, he pushed, but it was all for yeah, I, the best. And Justin's know? not there anymore, but I, I enjoyed his class. I had him actually for my – I had him for history, but the class I really enjoyed with him – my senior year, I did uh, sociology with him. Okay. And he did it for one semester, and then what I, which was funny, and I, I, I give him, I give a lot of credit to him on this because I, I was 18 years old, 17 turning 18 during the semester, and mm-hmm. I remember it was the first time in my life. Now get it, I mean, I'm basically an adult at this point, becoming an adult, leaving school. Yeah. It was the first time I ever heard about. Uh, retirement accounts, insurance, financing, money. We never, I mean, you just didn't know that as a high school kid. <laughs> yeah. So he was going through this and I was looking at it. I'm like, whole life, term life, you know, Roth IRAs, you know, um, interest rate, compound interest, all this stuff. And you're like, I'm like, oh, and I love math. Like I was a numbers guy. So I kind of looked at this. I was like, oh, this makes sense. So I started reading books on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I ended up opening my my retirement account at 19 years old. And I remember doing this. Wow. But, You're ahead of the game. But I don't think I ever would have if, like, I, I swear to God, we had this, it was like a three-week little mini part of the semester that he talked about, like, life skills. And I was yeah. like, I didn't know any of this stuff. And he started just giving us basic, I mean, I mean, he's not a finance guy, but, like, basic understanding of, like, this is why you do it. This is what you need. And it just clicked in my head. I was like, oh, that seems important. But, like, as a 17-year-old, was a foreign language to me, but I realized it was important. Yeah. So it was funny. I got, I did get like a little bit of a step forward on that. And I started reading like some financial books and things like that, like at 17, 18 years old. And then I really haven't stopped. I've always been reading stuff like that. And I think that that was the, like the catalyst where it was like, I just remember like sitting there. I remember the classroom was like, oh wow, this is cool. Um, But yeah, a lot of these just teachers, they, they, they step up, they want to be there. They go to, it's crazy. I mean, how many times you go to sporting games and like you're, some of the teachers are sitting up in the crowd watching yeah, you play? There was a lot of them. I yeah. mean, I know Mrs. Brown went to quite a majority few. of the yeah. games. Yeah, and uh, Steve Patton, oh, by the way, librarian. Well, Steve's the other one I was saying like too. Yeah. Like, doesn't have kids, but you could argue that he's got a couple hundred kids because he's like because <laughs> I mean they just go above and beyond for these you know the students and I think it makes a difference, especially when you talk about kids that maybe don't have the support system at home or maybe they do have a support system but they don't have this, their own self confidence to mm-hmm. like think that they can do stuff and are just like, ah, oh, what's it matter? I'm going to be, I'm just going to grow up and do this. And it's like, well, what do you want to do? And like push and, and really get you to think outside the box. And I think, um, yeah, Shacey's a special place. It really is. It, I, it's tough to, I wish more people could understand. I mean, they kind of get picked on for the small school and all that, but it, it's a, it's a whole other, I guess, culture, right? Like, yeah. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I it's, but do you think how many people have kids that, want to get back in the district as parents like oh. like you just mentioned it like i my wife does not want to go to shay z um i think she's bitter about sports stuff but my my, my mind i'm like but so she went she went to uh, uh she went seaton. To seaton. but seaton i mean seaton, and, and, good and i would say they're, school, yeah. they're yeah they're probably similar at the time for, really at the time small schools mm-hmm. yeah so we kind of had the same like similar upbringing for schools mm-hmm. um i would move to shay z in a heartbeat i oh, i here. do love where I live convenience getting in and out of town. Yeah. But I really do love Shay Z. So yeah. I mean it's it's one where it's a special place. Yeah, it really it's is. it's 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 a it's a great place. Like I said, that that will all that will all no matter where I live, that will always be home. I yep. think it's like you don't 
Like, I'd be 60 and live in another state. I'm like, ah, Shazy's still, like, the hometown. Yeah. Oh, of course. That's what I normally just tell everyone. I live in Shazy. You know? Yeah. Where's that? Well, <laughs> I was going to say, like, 45 minutes south of Montreal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're basically Canada. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so true. It is. Uh, so, uh, so when I one of the things we had on, we talked about, we were just talking before about kind of Shazy. Like, Rob obviously was the coach and had him on the podcast. And yeah. He, he answered a bunch of questions and a bunch of insight from him that I've never seen before. Your name comes up because I think you go down in Chasey history, and I remember this vividly as you scored a goal in the semifinals of the states, mm-hmm. the winning goal. Yes, yeah. To go to the state finals, the first year we won the state championship. Yep. Yeah, and it was the semifinal. Yeah, the, that was the game-winning goal. Then we were in the final the next day, and uh, Nolan Ryan was the one that scored the game winning the game goal for that in the, final. Yeah, in the final but i always remember because like you and again nolan i still think the best player ever come out of shazy you have to say um, he's your family and he's family <laughs> but I, I i but i played with him all the way yeah. since i was a little kid and i graduated with him and I, I don't think there's been anybody better but um with that being said like you knew nolan was going to produce something again oh, like you God. expect nolan to do something no offense, you don't expect Eric Ashline to score in a, in a semifinal game because we even talked about it. like you were like a role player and you kind of go in and because um, you were you were playing what right right like the right mid. I was right mid. Sometimes be off to the left, you know. But Kyle Fountain would normally play left. But if uh, sometimes you know Rob likes to switch things up, yep. right? And I think that game I was playing left. When you scored? Wait, so that's so many years ago. But, but I, just, I think I was on left when that happened. I just remember because it was like not many. I mean, again, like when you have got like uh, Dylan Garrell scored, this was years later. Yeah. In the semi game to win in overtime to go to the state championship game, and Dylan Garrell scores. I'm like, Dylan hasn't scored. I mean, he probably scored one goal all year. Yep. But he was just kind of in and scrappy, right place, right time, put a foot on the ball and got and scored the biggest goal of the year. Um, so you look at these guys that score that you don't expect the score, but it's like I said, you put the guys right place, right time, and you step up. So it's always because we were talking about that. I'm like, and mo- this would be a trivia question most people want to get, but Eric Ashline scored in the semifinal. Yeah, yeah. I, was saying, I wouldn't expect anyone to. Like if you that. said like Nolan or Seymour <laughs> scored, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah. I'm saying you get you get a lot of these. Um, I know because like I had quite a few goals, but nowhere to compare to Corey Lewis, Justin Seymour, Nolan. Um, you know, there was Jacob Spiegel. Yeah. I mean, you, you uh, Kyle LaFountain as well. Zach Perro. Yeah. You know, uh, he's your family too. Yep, right? Zach. Yeah. yeah. So, so we had a couple, we had a couple guys on there. Zach was, Zach, Zach back then was stopper. I mean, he yeah. was, he was, uh, he, he was good. Chasey's always had good stoppers. Yes. They had good sweepers, but I think the stopper position is always underrated because you've, we've had some really good players that have played that position that are highly skilled and like, always, that's like a scrappy position. That's like a position that. You're in a lot of stuff, but sometimes you get overshadowed because you're not like center midfield or sweeper. You're kind of like that filler role, but yep. you you actually, I think you, I think the amount of time you perform in the game and the amount of plays that you make is not um, proportionate to the accolades that you get in that position. Yeah, like, well, and and Rob is the master at that time. I don't know if he does it anymore, but the diamond defense. I think he's stick stuck with that. Yeah, yeah, um, and. He pushes that stopper to play that aggressive offensive role, you know. Well, I think most people, and I could be wrong on this. I I think there was a trend at one point that everybody tried to do flat back and everybody tried yeah. to switch to flat back. And I said, which is, and and I'm not. I would say I'm on a soccer strategic level nowhere near 
understanding the nuances of a flat back to a diamond and all that. I mean, I understand yeah. the basic stuff, but you get these guys that are at such a high level and they understand it. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, the, 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 to me, the flat back takes way more understanding from the players to make it perform well, where it's almost like instead of trying to look good and trying to do it to say that you play a flat back, if it's not effective, then play what's effective. Yes. And like the diamond and... It, People could pick it apart, but I said, if you have guys that play the diamond and play it all the way through and understand that back and forth, same thing with Rob Guerin. He plays 2-3 defense. We played 2-3 99% of the season, won the sectional champion. You know what we're playing. You yeah. have all week to prepare against the 2-3, and guess what? You still only score 30 points a game because <laughs> like, you just we played it so well. And, and you see as teams now, they just perfect the system so well that it's like you can practice against it. What's the, uh, was it the Bruce Lee quote? Like, I don't. I think it's something along the lines like I don't fear a guy that has ten thousand kicks. I fear the guy who's done one kick ten thousand times. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you exactly. perfected that movement so much that like you know what's coming. It's like Mariano Rivera. Mo's got one pitch. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, best closer in history. It was that cutter? It was like a cutter, yeah. and that's all he threw. It was like a fastball cutter. Cutter. Yeah. It was like whatever. I mean, it was a glorified the same pitch, and they might. And you knew it. It was like it's coming, and then these guys would still strike out. The same but way. then you know yeah. he was a perfectionist, and that's what uh, that, that's what guys like both Rob Guerin and, and and Rob McAuliffe do is uh, they're so good at making chemistry, right? Like ke- chemistry is everything and perfecting that chemistry that uh, but I think it, once, once you're so good, you, you can't, you can't beat it. But it, it's like um, it's teams when you take uh, like the culture of a team, mm-hmm. it's like the leadership that you need a culture, you need a buy-in from people. And especially when you have a team and this could be a team of workers or a team of players or like on sports. Like if you, if you ask Rob McAuliffe, Rob's going to say, I mean, and he, I mean, he'll say this. I think he might maybe modestly not say it, but he's built a culture there that is very tough to replicate. Yeah. And he, a culture where he can take a group of, of boys that maybe are skilled, maybe aren't great, but they're going to find a way to win. Yeah. And he's going to be able to take those players individually and mold them within a system that works. And, and, and again, everybody's different. So, you know, he's going to coach you different than me versus oh, yeah. five other players, but he's going to find the best role for Eric and he's going to find the best way to coach Eric. And he's going to find the best way for Eric to play with Gail and to play with, you know, Jordan to play with, with Casey. And mm-hmm. we're going to make that all work. And I think that, you know, the, the really skilled part of coaching is not even the X's and O's. It's all the dynamics outside to get people to play together as a team um, coupled with the fact that you do that over years, meaning summer league, indoor, travel, pickup, like backyard barbecue, playing soccer. I mean, we played all the time together that I knew every nuance of every player that I was playing and I just knew where they would be and I knew what their tendencies were and you yeah. just played within the system um, in a very structured, organized, disciplined system. And then, you know, you just you just had to step up and you had to put that effort in and they said it. It's kind of a, it's tough. It's a simple, like a simple recipe, but it's tough to pull off to, like to win state championships. Like you know oh how to do God, it. Yeah. Like Rob could give you the top 10 things you need to do, but it said it's so hard to pull those off at that level and for that amount of time. Do you remember um, before the season would start, maybe, I'm not sure if he did it with you guys, but did he ever give you like a paper and you had to like, you know, circle your strengths and weaknesses? I don't think so. Yeah, he did that with us, and it's so funny because, you know, I played soccer in college, and I just – so, you know, I mean, it worked, right? Like, well, what's this all about? You know, and he's – you know, 
you know, how can you contribute to the team or, uh, you know, what are your goals for the team? This and that. And, you know, like, what is this all about? But then you see, like, I think it's a, like you say, it's trying to build a chemistry with, with everybody and who's going to work with who, you know, and. I think when you get guys, yeah, when you get guys that. He took it serious. I mean, that was great. Oh, still does. Yeah, still does. And this is like, I'm looking at some photos now when you start. Oh, wow. That's a girls team. That's not. Yeah. It's, there we go. So I think this is the team that won. I think this was this year's team. Um, yeah. So I mean, you just you get a lot of. Uh, it's 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 a it's a cultural thing though, and I think that's what's yeah. what's tough is that you know you just build and this is you know this is something anytime you're doing like a leadership thing is like you try to build a culture of players that are just you know. I mean, you see this like sports teams even like you take like. A, like Phil Jackson talks a lot about it with the players when he was coaching. John Wooden certainly talks about it. I mean, he was a, I mean, what eleven-time national champion coach. Yeah. Um, but they talk about like all the little nuanced things you have to do and how you're building culture and how you're building from like the bottom up and like getting the ball in the net. Obviously, is important, but it takes so many behind the scenes and layers of, um, you know, just buy-in from players over and over again. This is really poor. I don't know why we're not getting more images here. Is that Baker right there? Which one here? Yeah. No, this is no. Nolan right here. No, that's not. Jeez. Oh no. Nope, that's not Nolan. I no, actually. Is that I, more? I is coached that your, in that game. Is that another family member? <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I think that's Mike Reba. Okay. Um, but yeah, that this right here was the greatest game I think in Chasey history. It was the finals in uh, 2011? Yeah, two one. Jordan Barrier hit a, basically a free kick from midfield, and it skipped off a player and went in the net oh, to wow. win the game. Um, actually, have you ever seen that goal? No. As Jordan, I'm talking. Jordan Bear is is uh is he a state trooper now? Is that what he's he, doing? There's a, he's a cop over in Florida. Oh, in Florida, okay. not Florida, geez, Vermont. Vermont, I, just, I think yeah. he says something Vermont in Florida. State trooper, in Vermont, right? yeah, yeah. Um, let me see, Shazy. So it's this. Let me see. I feel like it would have already popped 2011 up. Two thousand one state champs, right there. Yeah, right but here. this is. So that'd be a different one. There's there's a whole video that it's so funny when you start seeing like kids <laughs> yeah. that you coach back in the day a little bit. Six they years ago, wow. Ninety nine. Oh, Ninety nine. That look at this, the old field. I remember wearing those coats. I have that jacket still. <laughs> yeah, you do, huh? I uh, I bought one, I think it was um my number at the time. Why isn't this not popping up? Class There's an actual like great video. Let me see, final final soccer. So they actually show the the entire clip, like the actual goal. I just I have no clue where it would be. I was I'll, saying, I'll, you I'll guys got it. to play on the the George Rendler field, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. you retired or retired. Yeah, yeah. You, you gave it up, right? Right? Yeah, we right were right before that. Yeah, I think I've only I've only been in that field once, and that was for the alumni uh, game. I remember. Was was that the game? Um, and that was back it, in two thousand. Was, was that the one that was pouring down rain? It was really it was kind of like it wasn't like it had rained earlier in the day. It was all kind of muddy. I think it was. I think it was back in two thousand five, two thousand six, alumni game. It was it was pretty rough. <laughs> um, well, I just remember because you had like a big group of guys. I remember like Jeff Krawanzik was the goalie. Yeah. And at the time, and then you're like playing against these guys that were like twenty, twenty one, or not twenty, like eighteen, nineteen that were just out of high school. Yeah. I was probably like early twenties at the time. Um, and like if you just don't play soccer, like it doesn't. You kind of, it's like anything else. You lose it a little bit if you're not actively playing, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, you try your best to 
maintain what you can, but it's like anything else. You just give up playing the sport. Like it's going to like, like I now I gave up playing golf for a long time. Like when you come back to playing golf, you can almost barely hit a golf ball. Cause like, you just got to get back to like, okay, this is how you do it. Oh, and golf's a whole other game. Do you uh, play golf? I try to. Uh, last year I was lucky to only play once. And you know, it's crazy. Like normally I'd play five, six times a year. And out of those, you know, five, uh, not games, what do they call it? Five, um, they don't say games. There's another. Rounds? Rounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can't like, say where, games because with? I know that some people this, take it pretty serious in golf. But, uh, yeah, I would normally hit like 100s, you know, 120s, and maybe be lucky if I get a, a good 90 or so. And last year, I only played once, and I got a 92. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's pretty good. The one time I only played, yeah. So you're, you're not bad at golf? <laughs> uh, still, I'm not. I, I just got lucky that day. <laughs> Could Where did you play? At Rouse's Point, North Country. Okay. Yeah. Um, Adirondacks is fun, too. Adirondacks fun. The, the problem, I don't think Adirondacks in great shape right now, or wasn't last year, but Adirondack was always – my favorite local course growing up because mm-hmm. I, so when you play golf, there's like two kinds of courses you play. You, like I would say, at least up here, you play the wide open course or you play courses that have some trees. Yeah. Most courses around here are wide open. Yeah. Um, of course. Adirondack. I like the idea that you can pretty much get up on any hole and you can really only see that hole. Mm-hmm. Like very rarely can you see other holes, other people on ho- holes. So I, I like, I like the idea that when you're on your specific hole, that it's just like, it's like a private game. Yeah. And then like North Country, if you go stand on like number three tee box or number like 17 tee box, you see almost the entire course. Yeah, oh, of course. Minus yeah. like maybe two holes. And uh, which are some good, I guess, about that. But like we host our local golf tournament every year there. And it's nice because we want people to see each other. And I don't want to play at Adirondack because like you won't see anybody because they're no, like kind of, of doing their own thing. Even the though I think trees it would be a, are all in the way. Yeah. But I think it would be a great course to play it at. It's, um, but I think Adirondack couple things like kind of you know i feel like some of the uh you know the the holes aren't taken like the tee boxes and the greens actually weren't terrible last year just it's hard upstate new york it's hard to run a well, golf course it gets flooded a lot too there it's very sandy, sandy up there yeah. um if you you know i find that it's hard to keep golf courses up and i said you got to really like be diligent about it. like north country i think does a great job they staying, sure do like yeah. they're constantly doing the stuff they need to do yeah um but i find like to me, I, I mean, I'm nostalgic to Rouse's Point. It's where I grew up playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny when you go back. I played it once, minus the tournament. I played one 18 hole round, and it was my second best score of the year. Just because, like, it just things come back to you. Like, you know where to hit it. You know where to miss. You know the shots you can play. Oh where, yeah, definitely. Even if I play like, I play Bluff Point mostly, and it's like there's still times at Bluff Point. I'm like, I'm getting better at it, but I just. As a kid, I, I understood Rouse's point. I played so much golf that I just I know every nook and cranny of that course, and you know, you know, it's just it's where you just play smarter, like maintain your misses and know where you know don't short side yourself and make sure you have some space. And it's uh, uh, have you you must have played at the barracks. That's another fun place. I forgot to mention that. That that's a nice course. Yeah, the barracks. Well. Um, the barracks is certainly an easier course. Um, but I I do like the layout of the course. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember playing there a little bit more as a kid and you know we play a couple tournaments and stuff there but uh, really at the end of the, yeah i mean it, it's it's a fun course the i remember when they built the back nine there they had the front nine yes originally you used to play two loops of it if you played 18 I, yeah 
I didn't do that often. I was usually just nine when I was playing there. Then they added the back nine. I, I do like the layout of it. Um, I think most, I'm trying to think, like Rouse's Point actually doesn't have my favorite golf holes there. No, there's like a it, few I can think of. I'm not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like there's a couple I like at, at North Country. I, I think I'm not a huge fan of like the t- the um, the tiered not the tiered but like the plateau greens. Mm-hmm. I mean, like everything co- front of the water has those like plateaus. Like you know, number one, number two, um, and then then you don't even have it because then you come back and like eight, nine, those are up and you know they're kind of pitched up. So yeah. you know, number twelve, you know, these all have these like higher up. Uh, greens and i find like 18 is probably the only one that doesn't have some type of like steep level off on the side so if you miss a lot of times you the ball just kicks and goes off and the green especially as the year goes on the greens get very um very hard there so like when you're trying to actually like keep ball on the green that that can kick off where like i find bluff barracks those are pretty receptive yeah all north long. country you're talking about north country the gr- it yeah. dries out fast oh, a little tap and it's like wing it's gone well the greens get quick <laughs> the grounds get quick the, yeah. gra- the turf's harder yeah it's you know it's just it's a slightly different level of play versus like a barracks like i think the easiest course in the area is probably the barracks and then i mean and i'm not talking harmony and i'm not talking um like the one on, in Altona. Oh, I've never been to that one. No. I've never, but yeah. Har- Harmony's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Harmony. I, I played it last year. Um, the in a site, tournament. It's, to me, it's more of the sightseeing, you know? Yeah. I, I do like, I, well, that's another one. Like I like how it's like tight in the trees and it's very like feels yeah. private when you're playing. Um, I didn't realize how small some of those greens were though. Same. And it's only like how struggled. many, how many holes? Only what? 12? It's it's fourteen. Not a, there's 14, yeah, there's fourteen. Yeah. So you go twelve, thirteen, fourteen, like kind of across the drive, a parking lot. Yep. Um, but that was the first. That was the first course I played, growing up ever. I remember going there. It was called Port Camp back in the day. Yeah. You go up and they had a, it was like the honor system. Nobody worked there. I mean, they people were mowing grass, but like nobody had a clubhouse. They didn't work anything or work there. You went up, you put money in an envelope, yeah, and you went and played. And I remember going and playing, and I, I think my first or second hole that I played, I chipped in off the green. Locked. I mean, obviously, Amazing. dumb yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah. I was 10 years old. You're just natural. Like basically scold, <laughs> scolded it off the pin probably and dropped. I just remember chipping in, and my my memory of that course back then to what it looks like now, mm-hmm. I have no memory of it back then. Yeah. The only thing I remember is like the first hole – went down the left, but I don't think we teed off where we tee off now because now it's a par five down. I feel like they I feel like they might have turned that into it might have been two par fours that they just converted into one big par five going farther down. I might be wrong on that, but I feel like we teed off closer to the clubhouse than where they currently tee off, which is kinda like down and on the side. It is closer to the clubhouse, right? The first tee you're talking about? Well, Harmony Harmony's more like right at the entrance where you pull in is where the tee yeah, box is. So yes. it's kind of like right as you drive in, that tee box is the first tee where I – and again, I was – this was over 20 years ago. My memory is that the tee box wasn't far from where the, the pro shop is now. Mm-hmm. Like it was a little bit higher up, and I feel like it was more straight down to a hole and that you teed off the second hole farther down but i could be totally wrong on this because again i'm i'm 10 years old or i was 10 years old at the time and i really only played it twice i played it two times and we always ended up playing either at um north country or alberg okay oh alberg's actually i always forget about that i haven't played alberg in years i was 
was there two years? No, I went there last year just for drives. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just for driving, right? But you could just tell, like it, and the lake all around and everything like that. Yeah, that's another pretty course. But uh, I'm definitely gonna try that one out this year. Yeah, Alberg, I, I I should. I haven't played that in a long time, and I I was hey, a member there. As you a swing kid. by my way. Come on, let's I know, go play. I know. I um, actually, someone else told me that today. They're like, you gotta play it. I I I'm one of those guys. Like, I will play with anybody. I'm like, yeah. I just like playing. Like. Same. I, I'm not a competitor for for the golf no, thing. I, I'm going nowhere with that. I'm no Tiger Woods. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm out. I'm, I always look. I'm outside and playing golf. Like yep. way worse. So let's have a good time. But it's like trying to get out and playing with a bunch of people is tough because you end up falling in habits. So like my habit is like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like get up first one off the tee. You know, a couple guys will meet me there and do it. And it's tough to be like, hey, can you get the bluff for like a five thirty tee off? You probably could because you're up at four. So. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's just a few miles away too. Yeah, yeah. Mo- but that's the thing. Most people are like, ah, like I'd love to. Can you tee off like at two in the afternoon? I'm like, no way. Can you yeah. tee off at nine? Like, no chance. Like, it. So that gets that gets difficult when you're trying to look for players because my season is so short. Yeah. And then you start getting to the point where my kids go back to school. So then you're bringing them to school. So now my mornings are shot. So then it's like then you start looking at like, is there a way that I can play like hooky like in September? to go play like on a Friday afternoon or something. And every once in a while, I'll drop them off and like go play for like eight and just like right off the first half of my morning and get back. Like I'll be in the office by noon, but it's like sometimes I've done that a couple times, like when I can't play at six because it's too cold to play at six. Oh, of course. So you're going at eight when it's now like 40 (laughs) degrees and you play at eight, but you know, you make the best of it, even though it's not great golf. It's definitely, I would say um, down in Florida, uh, you talk about, not wanting to get up early to play golf. Uh, when I go down to visit my in-laws, it's like tea time is at seven in the morning. Like, oh, why? Does Mark play golf down there? He just stopped a couple of years ago. Okay. Uh, but, you know, Sabby, uh, Sebastian oh, yeah, would, yep. would, would go down and uh, we would literally have to start at like seven in the morning. It's like, why? Well, I'll tell you why. Because by 11 o'clock, it's so like hot. 90 degrees and so yeah. hot. It's not even fun anymore. <laughs> well, I went and played. Um, where, where do you go? And where, where do they live in Florida? They're in Sebring. So they are about, I would say, uh, an hour and a half south of Orlando. Okay. And about an hour and a half. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're right east in the of middle Tampa. of Florida and east of Tampa. Yeah, yeah. They're right in the middle of Florida. Are they near the, uh, the villages? Around the Sun and Lake is what it's called. Sun, I don't know. Okay. Um, not too far away from Lake Placid, Florida. Okay, because my uh, my uncle lives down. I believe he's in the villages now, which I think is in that area. It's a little bit wet, uh, east of um, Tampa. But okay. So they're probably pretty close. They're probably within an hour. Is that like the newer development area, the villages of Tampa? You have to show me that. Um, it, so the villages is like. You have to show me. Yeah, I feel the, like the, I've heard well, it's it. like it's a massive, massive place. Um, oh, look at this. Pop I also, up. Google wow. is like messing up today. Okay. So the villages is like, oh, Lake Sum- oh, Sumter. Lake Sum- no, that's Sumter. There's, oh, that's um, not it? No. Sebring would be, uh, be more east of that, I believe. Oh, look at that. Lake George. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out where. Gainesville. Oh, Gainesville. I've been there. Went to Florida Gators game there. There's Orlando, and the, and now you gotta go a little south. Lakeland. Also, oh, oh no, I lied. The villages are north. I didn't think they're okay. that high, that north. Bartow. I've been. Bartow's nice. Um, oh, it's just below south of the, uh, Avon Park. But yeah, 
Okay. So we're in the like area. Said, yeah, you're in the area. Okay. So the villages are further up north. Well, that's a round. That's... That lake is perfectly round. Yeah. Um, Definitely. That that was a man-made lake. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, natural glaciers yeah. just forming that one. I don't think uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess the villages um, is like a massive compound for like retirees. Like it's just like, it's kind of like mm-hmm. grown into out of the retirement community. But I think it has like its own... Yeah, I mean, like... Oh, wow. Like, the villages it's are... It's like a, it's a city. <laughs> yeah, the village... Like, I... And I think this doesn't do it justice, because I think it's, like, all of these are part of the villages, and this, like, whole thing... Yeah, now, like, I think these are all part of the villages. So when you're like, oh, you're from the villages, like, what part? And it's, like... Yeah, so like how a, can you explain that? I don't even know if it's a city. It's just this massive... <laughs> how can you even explain that? That's huge. I mean, if you go down here, like, look at how many houses are just, like, in this little development. I mean, there's there's thousands of homes there. Mm-hmm. I also heard it's, like, really wild for uh, STDs down there. Oh, jeez. I think it's, like, one of the leading places in the country. <laughs> They're bored down there, yes. huh? <laughs> They're bored. They got some time to kill. Yeah, yeah, they sure do. That's, uh, hey, hey, something to look forward to in retiring, oh, I guess. Oh, God. Just, just uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's hospitals there, too, and they, they get treatment, I guess, but it's... Uh, it's Florida. It's yeah, fl- Hey, you know what? The state what do they call it? Like the retirement state, you know? I heard what, what they call Florida. Something about, like, America's graveyard or something. Cause like people, I think I've heard that. When people are, like, older, they go down there, but I'm like, why wouldn't you? Like, I would yeah. want to go down there. I mean, I'm not a humidity guy, but I do, like... At some point, we'll have a place in Florida. Oh, I say it seems like, you know, when you're older up here, your bones hurt. So, I mean, that that's kind of why my in-laws went down. When they come up here and it's 50 degrees, like, oh, it's cold. You know, I'm like, what do you mean? This is like today's like not bad. It's 44 out, but it's sunny. They would, they would kill you right now if they heard you say that, Galen. Mark's getting soft. That you gotta gotta get him back up in the snow. Actually, I talked to him last night and he's like, yeah, you know, it's. Woke up and it was kind of cold. It was 62. I was like, wow, it was 40 here and <laughs> so it was warm, you know? And he was all, oh, shut up, Ashley. <laughs> no, Mark's great. When Mark came yeah. on, actually, it was cool having Mark on the podcast because Mark, Mark's one of those guys, if you, um, I, I mean, him. that family in general, I mean, Mark is, like, Mark was such a big mover and shaker here. Oh, yeah. And, like, when you think of a lot of stuff, like, locally, especially, um, and again, I don't want to, I love it too much, but I think like eighties, nineties, two thousands, like Mark, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Mark was, Mark was like the upper echelon of people. So to talk to him and hear kind of like what he talks about. And I've had Gary Douglas and like these guys that were around 30 years ago that were really Clyde Rabideau. Yeah. That was guys. Yeah. That were doing a lot for the area, um, on a major level. And it's probably comparable to a lot of, you know, you take like political figures now or you take, again, still Gary, still kicking, but you yep. get like people at like Development Corp and TDC and, you know, the IDA and all these people that are doing some cool stuff. But Mark was, I mean, he was really at the forefront of a lot of that. And I think, you know, hear a lot of people talk about Mark and he had such like a uh, name recognition yeah. and it was just funny because like now it's full circle. Like I find Alex is basically picking up where he left off. Mm-hmm. Um like Al, the thing about Alex, how I don't want to date her. I think she's younger than me. We'll say that she's she's no, that's all right. She she just turned thirty two. So okay, so she's yeah. you're younger. Um, Alex is someone I think she's been in real estate about the same amount of time as me, or maybe even like a year longer. I think so. And I, you know, of course, your father and then her father both definitely give you the, the sense of direction, right? You know. Um, it but, helps. Well, the thing that I like, it's funny because Alex is probably, you know, when you have like 
people that you look up to and typically they're older people. Yeah. Like Alex is younger than me, but I look up to her as like a mentor. Like even though it's it's weird, I don't talk to her about real estate. I don't like sit down and talk to her about like shopping kind of stuff. But just seeing, you know, I, I do a couple things commercially, not even close to what she does. Mm-hmm. But you like, I've learned a lot just from her and Matt, but then you also see a lot of the stuff she does at like the local level. And I mean, she's in positions that typically young, like pe- young professionals her age aren't, even sniffing these positions and she's she, smart she's very smart and you know and i'm one lucky husband man i mean i, she, I love she's her she's a pieces. very smart girl and yeah uh, i mean i i'm 36 going on 37 and and she acts a lot older than i do and she's I mean, she's way more 36 going than, on 17 yeah right? yeah 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 exactly she's very intelligent and you know like i say uh when and I told you it was bad in math. So when it comes to the finances and stuff, I'm like, she's got all lot. you, honey. I'll take care of the kids. I'll, yeah. I'll play Mr. Mom here. But but I think you I get it. it. You you, uh, <laughs> you divide and conquer. Like my like Gina's way better at a lot of organizational things than I am. Like detailed yep. stuff. And I'm like I I can't do it. And it almost like hurts my brain to think like I need you to call about like this insurance or this this credit card or this like billing situation she's you, the she's the lady uh, to go to right you would yeah. I, I i'm sitting there like stressing out about it i'm like i gotta call them what were we talking about what, what i gotta like yeah. my brain goes in a million directions that none of them are warranted they're all like stupid ideas and i'm like <laughs> and she just takes you i'll just handle it and i'm like thank we you we got too much in common i yeah, know that's i'm like me. I'll that's what Alex does too she does all the phone calls she does the planning the doctor's appointments you know absolutely and, yeah. yeah and i like my my what my kid was supposed to go to uh, one of them was supposed to go to Burlington today for some something and and uh, like my wife's like yeah I got this bring them there doing this and I'm like okay I'm bringing the kids to school in the morning like you know like my brain like I, <laughs> yeah. I have such like a habit but then she's she's our planner like I mm-hmm. I I really like I have some stuff you know I do at home or I you know I would be kind of like leading on that or taking the reins on that but. There's a lot of stuff that she just takes off my plate that yeah. I'm like, you're way better at. And I try to take stuff that I know I'm better at that I'm like, I'll just figure it out. And she's like, great. And it's funny because the stuff that I do, I don't think it's that hard. And she's like, thank God you do that. And I don't. And I'm like, I think the exact same thing yeah, about yeah, what you're exactly. doing. Like, thank That's God. That's when you that. know it all works out, right? Yeah. You, yeah. Need, you need that partner in crime because I feel I feel uh, <laughs> most, most of my – like there's too much stuff going on and like how people – like how Alex juggles being in real estate and doing all that is impressive because it's – I mean, that's a lot of stuff going through your mind all the time, mm-hmm. like to keep organized. And oh yeah, I remember asked her once. I forgot what she told me the answer. But I have to go back and listen to it. But like how she tries to stay organized, and I think she's one. I think she even said like I'm not organized, and I'm like you appear organized. So like whatever you're doing, like you're you're being calm, cool, and collected. Oh yeah, she. You know, sometimes I I'm not poking fun my wife, but I am right now. So I go in her office, you know, I'll see like some of the papers all around, but. I'm like, boy, this this doesn't look good. It's kind of messed. But no, she's organized, man. She's got it all down. So, so are you, are you super like neat and orderly, or no? No, you're messy. Really. I'm kind of messy. Yeah. Okay. It depends. I. Yeah, I, I guess I, I'm it like, depends what it is, right? So when you go see her desk and it has papers all over it, like would your desk have papers all over it or would it be more organized? I probably wouldn't have a lot of papers. I try to put everything in my brain, and that's the problem. You know. Like, so do you have a good memory or? Kind of, yeah, for the most part. Okay. You know, like I said, it depends, right? <laughs> that, that, you didn't sell me on that budget. Yeah. <laughs> that was the worst sale of that ever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. No, uh, you know, try to put things down on a calendar, but that's a bit, but no, I mean, yeah, I, when it comes to me, like, 
with my work and paperwork, yeah, I, I got to keep everything in a certain file and stuff. But there are other papers that I should have. They're, they're kind of tossed around. Alex is, like I said, uh, uh, Alex is way better than I am. <laughs> so I'm like a neat freak, kind of. Okay. But not like, like my desk, there's not a lot on my desk. Mm-hmm. I have some stuff on my desk that I'm working on today, but like when I leave, everything's off my desk and there's probably like three things on my desk. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I like organ organization. I like thinking, I like clean. If it's not needed, I'd rather just throw it out than keep it. You know, I don't want, I just don't want clutter to develop. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. So I like, even in this room, there's not a whole lot. And I'll be honest that once this is set up around a table and those legs are underneath, you're going to be like, there's really not a whole lot in here. Because I'm going to make this all look a little bit cleaner and organize that a little bit more. And I'll probably get rid of the bookshelf. But for me, it's like clean. I want a space that you go into and you feel like you have space. Because I'm, I'm, when I think, if I have stuff that's cluttering my like workstation, it clutters my brain. Now, some people are the opposite. They're like, well, what is it? The Edison, I think it's Edison, some kind of quote about like, you know, if like a, Something along the lines of like a me- uh, messy desk is like a messy mind or something, but like no desk or like a clean desk is like, is that just like a blank mind? Like a blank desk is a blank mind. Yeah. Like, but to me, like if I'm looking at an organized desk and I just have like a couple things I'm working on, I focus better because it's less distraction. If I yeah. had papers all around, I'd be like, what's in that pile of paper? Am I forgetting something? Am I look? And then I'll like go through that paper. Next thing I know, 10 minutes, I'm flipping through meaningless notes that I'm never going to do. I, I might want to at some point. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. But I'm like, I'm not doing it right now. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I guess I'm sort of in that category where it's just like when you start to see too much, it's like, okay, like this has got to go, right? I don't I don't need this anymore. What's too <laughs> or, or, you know, what you just know what's important in front of you. The rest that isn't, you got to put it away. So I, I, after a while when things build up, yeah, I'm just like, I, I can't see this anymore, you know? I get, do you get where things like, well, say something will pile up on a to-do list mm-hmm. and then you're like, you push it off, you push it off, you push it off. Are you someone that will keep it on the to-do list until you finish it? Or are you someone that eventually you're just like, just get rid of it. Like delete it. Don't, I'm not never going to do it. Oh God. Sometimes it's like, I see that to-do list and next thing you know, I'm like, I got to do all this and soon, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of would you punt doing things at the last minute, that's. So yeah. you're like under the gun procrastinator? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Even in school, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, just uh, that's my style. Like, oh, well, I could have done these 12 things all in one week, but guess what? I waited till like the second to last day to do it. Now I got to do all this. But I mean, it gets done, you know? Yeah. But it's like, and then I always say like, why did I do that to myself? I'm not going to do that again. Because it stressed you out. But I, yeah, yeah, it did. Or made you like a little more anxious. Um well, and then you just realize too, like it's got to be done. Yeah, like these things have to be done. You know, there's a s- certain so. thing I've gotten better at. Like I list, make lists. So like this is my list. Mm-hmm. So like oh. these are all my things, and I break it down by like the bu- two buildings I own, my personal stuff, stuff that I want to do, like kind of up with Kavanaugh, and then these are all things we're working on. So like yellow for me. Oh my. Is I know like how do you do all this? this? Is well, so that getting anxious just looking at this list. But but I'm the exact opposite, so I'm less anxious. So I'll like go through and I'll highlight anything that I think is um, a priority currently. So I will Mm -hmm. like all this is important, but it's not all a priority. So it's like which ones 
are jumping out as like a priority. Like they'd be great. A lot of these things would be awesome. Yep. So I've prioritized everything and yellow just means that that's like my main focus. So don't, don't get all caught up in here. Like, yeah. This is it. Like I, this is going to make the biggest impact on my business or my career, my life than all these other little things that are really like, I want to do them, but they're not as pressing. That's smart though. That is good and, strategy right there. Yeah. And then like I broke it all down to June 1st, like, but these are the major yep. pillars. So like, as I go through, I'm like, okay, that's the next one. Like we're going all out until that's done. Then we're going to go all out until that's done. Then we're going to go all out until that's done. Like all these are kind of simultaneously be work or are being worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've obviously missed that deadline because this is taking way longer than I ever anticipated. But <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, unfortunately it's the nature of the beast. Yeah. But uh, but I re- ideally it's like that's my thing. So if I'm going down through that kind of stuff, like I'm prioritizing, but I'm okay if things don't get done. It's kind of like, like I said tonight, you get done, I got a bunch of stuff lined up. If it's not done, it's not done. I just go, like I, you know, I, I'm getting better at just letting that stuff pass. Yeah, you know, things happen at home, right? Certain, you know. Could Last be a night, bad night for a kid. Up a bunch of times. There we go. I did See? laundry mm. and my wife gave her a bath and yeah, yeah. So last night was like a tough rest night. Your but daughter, like, your daughter was yeah. Good. How's but, she feeling? Better? Yeah, this morning. That's good. Up. She's Glad like, Dad, get up. Right. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, I just went to bed. Like I, but it was, it was oh. just crazy. But, but when you look at it, like that threw me for a loop. So like, okay, like I didn't get up this morning to do like a morning routine. Like okay, then I've just like. I've had to kind of make some adjustments and now mm-hmm. I'm like pushed back on my day, but I'm like, I'm good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like, I'm sitting there like, like right now I really have nothing in my mind, but hanging out in the podcast, which is great. It's like freeing. I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about all the other stuff. Like That's right. enjoy the moment, That's which right. I'm trying to get better at. Like, <laughs> I say I'm enjoying the moment. This is fun, man. So what? Yeah. So podcast, you said, I'm going to grab another uh, bush latte here. So. Yeah, please. Hey, um, <laughs> It's quite a few. We got, we got it. I'm not drinking all that. Just, if we did, this podcast would get yeah. way, way better. Um, so, so. Uh, oh, it'd be interesting. I don't. I would say better. I'm going to say more entertaining, maybe. Mm. The uh, so. Oh, this is entertaining. I'm having what, a good time. When you um, you talk about podcasts, are you Rogan's your go-to? Like Rogan, Tim Pool. Um, yeah, those are the guys I I would normally listen to. What's the last Rogan one you listened to? Uh, there was one with uh, Luke Holmes. Did you so see I'm that? So I'm starting that one. Have you finished it? I got pretty much towards the end of it, but uh, there was just some things. I mean, they went all over. I, I, and that's what you get at Joe Rogan, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you know, I mean, you learned uh, how Luke never played a guitar till he was 21. Yeah. And he had these thoughts about being a, a music teacher, but the craziest part was, and, and see, and I play guitar myself, and I kind of relate with Luke here. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to read music. It's all by ear. So okay. he would have, ne- I mean, he would have had to go to school, right, to be a music teacher, to learn notes. And look where he is now. You know, he's so it, it's the American just, dream, man. Was, was, it, was he not, did he not go to teach because of the school or just because of the interest level? might have been more of the interest levels what okay. I got out of it. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, I, I, did you ever want to be a teacher? You said a history, a history teacher, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I love history. I, I feel like I never – I thought about teaching too. My mom was a teacher, so I think that naturally kind of pulls you into that where it's like, oh, you know, yep. you kind of have some interest in, you know, what your parents do. And, and realistically, at 18, most kids don't know anything. About what mm-hmm. they're doing. If that's falling out, I can I'll tighten it up for no, you. That's fine. I, I got it back. Um, so if um, but 
you kind of only have a couple, like, I don't know, at 18, I didn't know a lot of careers. And most careers you're thinking as a kid are not far, not much different than what you said at 10 years old of what you wanted to be. Because you're like, I don't know, there's teacher, there's cop, there's, uh, you know, I. it's kind of like I, in my life, there was real estate, you know, but you didn't know what these careers were. And then you look at like majors and you don't know what 80% of the majors are. You're like, bio. I don't know. I didn't like bio my my school, so I'm not taking a bio as a major. But you have no clue what bio is going to lead you to yeah. do. So I'm saying like most careers are at least as an 18 year old, you have no clue where these careers are going. So like I was like, okay, I'm going to do business or teaching. Literally, mm-hmm. my two parents visit. Like I'm going to be one or the other. Yeah. And the only reason I didn't, I love teaching, but the only reason I didn't go into a teacher is because I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to work for anybody, and I didn't want to have a set salary. Meaning I didn't want to have like, I didn't want to work and get raises. I wanted to like work and really not really have a ceiling on my income. And if I want to raise, I could figure out a way to make more. Oh, money. of course. Yeah, so that yeah. was like my ingrained in like as my mindset as to why I didn't go as a teacher. But I got to scratch that itch a little bit in the form of coaching because mm-hmm. that's like a form of teaching. Yeah. And now I find that even in real estate, I can teach. So it wasn't necessarily I wanted to be a teacher. I like the idea of teaching. Yeah. So I think that's where I came, and I think that's why some people, like, maybe like that, but don't actually go into the teaching, like what we would say as the stereotypical teacher role, because but they want to teach. Maybe it could be on YouTube. Maybe it could just be a course. Maybe it could be just you know, you and your buddies talking, and someone's very knowledgeable on guitar and taught you how to play guitar you just but want didn't to want get, to be a teacher you just want to get to the basics of things right you know instead of having to explain something it could take weeks to, to months like here this is what we're going to do focus on this particular thing it'll only take maybe three weeks to do instead of three months well it's, or, yeah it's like an accelerated thing like if you find accelerated that's exactly what i'm looking for when you so when how did you let's take guitar you, you're low-hanging fruit so you play guitar like how did you learn how to play the guitar how long have you been playing how did you learn uh, I first played guitar in, I was in eighth grade, and what helped was uh, my dad plays guitar. He's been okay. in a few bands. Actually, he's still in a band, uh, Zero Tolerance. Not sure if yeah. you heard of him. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yep. So uh, I've always been around him, and I think it's all genetics, too, because my, my meme, uh, my, my dad's father, she's a awesome piano player, so it, it runs in the blood. But, uh, yeah, it just, you know, I... He would show me a few chords and stuff, but other than that, it was like, hey, like you, you gotta learn listen by ear, and and it took a while. I mean, I'm still not the best guitar player. I I struggle with solos, but I can do the, the basic strumming of chords. You know, D A G E F D. Yep. So um, there's that. You know, I mean, if someone gave me a guitar, I was like, here, like try, try this Green Day song right now. You know, I mean, I, I could get down the power chords or whatever chord it is, but if it comes to solos, I struggle with that. I'm still learning. <laughs> so um, I was gonna say you're a Green Day guy, right? I am. Is that your favorite band? Yeah, it sure is. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, love Green Day. Um, so the thing with I don't know if I like. So I know a lot of Green Day songs, mm-hmm. but Green Day is an old band, like an older band than I think people realize. They've been around since I think '87. They were first called uh, Sweet Children. '87, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, and then I don't think they became Green Day till '89, something like that. Actually, so the like, members of the band are these. So who's the original members? Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong and Mike Dirt, and then they had a drummer. I forget his name, the original. But then they one of these got, guys right here. 
Um, let's see. Because they were only a band of what, three? Past members. John Kiffenmeyer was the original drummer for Green Day. And okay. then uh, Trey Cool came around and uh, yeah, he he's the GOAT. <laughs> Which one? Well, then you got cool? Dave, Dave Grohl too. You know, you can't. Oh, for can't drumming, deny him. Yeah. Well, I, well, and guitar player too. He's yeah. He's I mean, awesome. Dave Dave Grohl's yeah. Dave Grohl. Like yeah, he's, exactly. Um, and uh, what's the other one? Keith Moon of uh, why well, can't I think of the name? Is oh, it, the Doors. It the Doors or right? the Who? The Who. The Who. You're yeah, right. The Who. Um, yeah. Then I mean, God, if I was going, my favorite drummer is Carter Bulford from DMB. Dave Matthews. Band. Oh, Dave. I love Dave. Yeah, yeah I say Carter's I love my... the shows. I mean, Saratoga, Ben to Hershey and watched him. They, they yeah, were awesome. I'm going to both days this year at SPAC. Sweet. Loved, love Dave. But but uh, Carter's my favorite, like, favorite um, drummer. I mean, that's also my favorite yep. band. But um, Travis Barker. Yes. yes is, okay. like, iconic. Yeah. Um, but then you start going to, like, uh, uh, Bonham from uh, Led Zeppelin. Um, you know, I mean, it's... Like the drumming, I know there's some other guys. The drummer, who's the drummer from? Um, is it is it Rush? It's or Van Halen. One of those guys is like a really well known drummer. See, I never played drums growing up, so like I don't know the drummers as well. But you, so how long's Trey Cool been playing with them? For a while, I would say since uh, ninety three, ninety four. It was uh, during the just before the album Dookie came out. And that okay, was so in this 94. Been, so this has really been like the main lineup. Been what, almost 30 years, right? Yeah. yeah, Sweet Child and then Blair Hess. Oh, So Sweet Child, you're right, for a few yeah. years. Um, yeah, Green like Green Day, I mean, I, I know a handful of songs, but I've never really dove into the catalog of them, like going down throughout the years. Um, oh, they're, I can't the, believe they're that old the, of a band, the, though. The live shows are insane. How many times have you seen him play? Four times. So a few times in Montreal, um, Albany. I'm trying to think. There was another place too. But yeah, I've seen him four times. They're all good shows. Um, when's the last time they put out an album? Because I remember like Green Day was really big when I was in, like when we were high school. Like, yeah. Green Day was, I think, probably peak at that point. Oh, American Idiot. Came that was out. probably their... That was 2004. Was that like their peak album? There was Dookie, and then that would be the peak, uh, peak album. Yeah, it was American Idiot because you had Boulevard of Broken Dreams, mm-hmm. um, American but, Idiot. Was that know. was that the same? Was that all the same album? Yep. Wow. Yeah, that, that album was huge. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Disography. That was actually the the first time when a uh, live show I went to up to Montreal to see them. They uh, Jimmy Eat World, and there was another band that opened for them. And Jimmy Eat World was great, um, but. Green Day, I mean, it was that, you know, it was at that time, it was like that environment, that atmosphere that was all going on at the time, you know, with the yeah, Iraq like war. Pump, oh, and, oh, with you the, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, there was like, you just felt it, you know. <laughs> but I remember, um, I remember the, uh, like, early 2000s was, like, the punk rock scene was oh, was pretty yeah. popular. Like, that was like pop, um, like pop, pop music at the, t- at the time yeah. had a lot of pop or had a lot of uh, punk like influence on it yep um and i remember like green day was all like green day to me back then was was like the older band that was like still very relevant yep very relevant you're absolutely right but then you had like the good charlotte you had like all american rejects newfound glory newfound glory you had like a lot of these bands that um you know simple plan 
God, there's so many of them it was that like just alkaline trio, whole bunch yeah. of them, and yeah. it was like power chords all day long. It was like yeah. Converse, like you know, black and white, and checkerboard, and like the studded belt, st- uh, like uh, guilty yeah. as charged. What was? Did you have one of those? <laughs> yeah, I did. What? Um, what the hell was that called? Hot topic. Hot topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like that kind, like that kind of stuff. Like, I did not own any of that stuff, but I that, never wore eyeliner never wore i'm just gonna make that clear. that's that's good <laughs> but that was like such a thing back then i think like early 2000s that was like a big fad like in in music and oh, it in was culture. huge because yeah. i remember that's like what people like you saw on mtv trl like you would see a lot of these bands and um obviously blink blink's my favorite of that genre yeah they're i've seen them live a couple times they're, yeah they're i love yeah. blink um even to this day like like i would put blink up over at least from all the like punk music back then mm-hmm. blink would still be number one green day definitely holds up because green day is like iconic they have so many songs that you just know but and when, and when you hear it that old though. And, you know like blink and green day when, as soon as you hear the style of music and their voice you're like i know who that is you know that that's yeah i mean look at these this is just singles from that album american idiot boulevard of broken dreams holiday wake me up when september ends yep jesus of suburbia that was a nine minute song Still rocks. What's your, uh, I was going to say, do you like, I was having this conversation with Jen today. Do you like long songs? Do you like quick songs? Like, do you like songs that just, they play through, hit the lyrics and they're done? Or do you like jam? It all depends on how the music's made. You know, uh, it's like Stairway to Heaven. Uh, that's a long song. And it's about eight minutes. I can deal with it. You know, uh, what Bohemian Raphacy, that I can deal with that. I love that song. Like I'm a big, uh, big Jesus guy. of Suburbia, same, but there've been other bands I've tried the, you know, if just a, a four minute song, you know, and it's like, oh no, I don't listen to well, that. So and like Bohemian other... Rhapsody, if you look at that song, I think it's, I don't know how long it actually is. It's probably only about five minutes long, but there's so many things going on in yeah. that song. It's a but, story. Yeah. It's a story yeah. in it, but it, it hits, every, like, I love that song, but it hits like so many different, just, it just hits, I don't know. It, it's weird to kind of describe it it hits so many buttons of that mm-hmm. song like it goes in you know obviously like very high very low different like kind of speeds of the song it almost feels like three four five songs in one uh, but my you go kind of like jam band stuff like i like jam music my one of my favorite songs of all time is the um was the central park album from two-step which was dave did it's an 18 minute version of two-step oh and i've watched it multiple times it's absolutely that's a incredible. great song two-step and blood they, on, uh what is it blood in the water or What's from it? from Dave. You're talking about Dave? Don't drink the water? Don't drink the water. That's yeah. another long one. But I mean that's that's, he a, good, o- actually, that's, that's a good live song. So, opening. So we actually opened that yeah. at that concert. Um and actually the best part about that opener is that they, they basically were like playing like lightly for like three minutes. But yeah. it's not the song. They're just like they're all just kinda like picking and, the and strumming. Kind of playing. Very soft. Yeah. It's almost like they're like playing, but it's almost like they're rehearsing or warming up. And then it's just like, and all of a sudden it goes, and it goes right into the bass drops, and it goes, and it goes right into the song, and like people lose their shit, and it's, uh, oh yes, they do. (laughs) I, 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 I'm like, I've listened to that album, feel like hundreds of times, and it's, uh, it's still like a cool experience. We're actually, I've been on a big uh, Coldplay kick lately, so my Mm -hmm. wife's favorite band is Coldplay. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't not like Coldplay. I was not a Coldplay fan. And then I met my wife, and my wife's like, I love Coldplay. And my first initial reaction was like, really? Like Coldplay? Out of yeah, all the bands, like Cold, Coldplay is the one you'd pick? I'm like, there's n- – okay. And uh, I was like, oh, whatever. 
So I'm like, I'll give them a chance and kind of listen to some songs. And I'm like, they're they're okay. And then you start listening to some of their old stuff. And I'm like, all right, I kind of like this. And yeah. so if you go, so we've seen them in concert a handful of times. And they're one of the best I heard concerts. They're one of the greatest. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And it's just like, we've seen them a few times on the floor too. And it's just yep. like, it's a pretty cool experience. But when you look at a band that's, evolved from their first album came out in 2000 parachutes like old school yellow a couple songs that people, yeah. probably, people probably would have heard from the first album talking about some nostalgia yeah and then they, but then they come back out and now they put in an album uh 2022 um and that one uh music of the spheres is so you have about 22 years of of a, of whatever but the sound from the first the sound of this one is completely different they went more like a uh, electro didn't yeah. They? Yeah. Yep. And, and I remember they did stuff with the Vici a yeah. few years back. Yep. Like and uh, 2012 or so. They, they did a remake of uh, Sky Full of Stars, which is one of my favorite songs yes, by them. That is a great song. But if you look at it, like their music has completely evolved from like the the montage. Like I always think of like Sparks from uh, Wedding Crashers. And there's like, you know, they, they have these old songs that are just very acoustically played and soft rock and. Um, which I like that kind of music too. Yeah. But then they go into like these like arena anthems and like lights and sounds and things just like lit up. And it's, um, I always find it's seeing bands kind of evolve because some bands sound the same from like their first album to like their last album. And mm -hmm. they kind of just stay in that genre. And like Coldplay, you listen, like it doesn't really sound the same at all. No, they've, they've totally changed the sound. But uh, Chris Martin, right? Yeah. The lead singer. He still has, it's his voice. And so, you know, it's Coldplay and the, the lyrics, the way he, uh, he's the best music. front man I've ever seen live. He's Lo really no, good. live. I'm yeah. He's the best ever. Oh, I know what you for mean. Live. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love Dave and Dave's great, but Dave's not like Chris Martin is a front man. He's like a Freddie Mercury. He, really like, he gets is. up and he's like, he's an entertainer. Correct. Yeah. And, um, the other cool thing about that band is the four guys that founded the band are still the four guys in the band. They've That's never cool. had anybody leave. They've 20 something years. I mean, I, and I don't know enough about. Like, uh, you know, you look at like older music, like the Rolling Stones are still playing. God knows how, but they're still playing. But like, I don't think it's the same. I mean, there's a handful of guys that are still the same guys, but, you know, guys will, at this case, they're passing away out of age, Yeah. you know, but they'll replace them with somebody. But, um, and or, I don't know or how like long. like Van Halen, you know, like those, well, even, all those guys didn't Even really taking like, together. I loved Aerosmith, but like a couple of oh, guys left Aerosmith. and they would come back and like, you know, you get some of these like. All of a sudden, so and so quits the band, and or like, like I watched a documentary on CCR, like, um, like there was like a whole like falling out with those guys, and then like John Fogerty goes out and does his own thing. So like, you see these bands like just start to break up. Mm -hmm. So when you see these bands' longevity over time, like I love Dave, been doing it for thirty years or so, yeah, a little over thirty years, uh, but they only have three of the original five guys still in the band. Yeah, you know, but they have seven guys in the band, but there's only three originals. So when you look at that, it's like it's still the same band. Dave's still the same singer. Carter's still playing. Stefan's still there. But really, at the end of it, it's they have, um, you know, they just they bring in different people. So like Coldplay though, it's still, still the same the four same. guys. That's amazing. Too. And it's, I love and it. It's cool. I love that stuff. And they know? all they all met up in college. They're a college band, and they just have still played, and they. Last year had the highest. I think we looked this up with Jared. It might uh, Elton John might have just beat him, but I think they had the highest grossing tour. Um, and I think it was just recently passed by Elton John on his farewell tour. Oh yes, I was to say because Elton Cole, John, he's he just he's got done by the up, end. Of I think last year, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know when his actual last last 
date is. I have a feeling he's probably finishing at Wembley in London. Yeah, I, I bet he is. That That's going to be, be huge. Because I remember his last yeah. one in um, this, the, L.A. Was L.A. Yeah. But that was the last United States one. That wasn't yep. necessarily his last yeah. um, concert. Um, we actually got a... It's kind of cool. It's on my bucket list, but we end up getting my parents it for Christmas. They're going down this weekend to see Billy Joel down at uh, the Garden. Do you like Billy Joel? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like anybody's like Billy Joel. You're like, yeah, I love Guy Billy rocks. Joel. Um, Piano man. <laughs> Piano man. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, so Billy Joel is one of those guys. Same thing with Elton John. If you put on like a Pandora station or Spotify and just like put a playlist on, like put like Billy Joel radio on. Yeah. And it's just like it's good, like easy listening music. Actually, I should do that on my Spotify. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. It. Billy Joel's great. Billy Joel Radio, you get a lot of Ellen John on there, or Ellen John Radio too. You'll, yeah. you'll get vice versa. You'll get. Um, uh, it's funny you're talking about him because the guy who cuts my hair, uh, Noel Barrier, down in Rouse's Point, uh, okay. American Vintage. Oh yeah, right across yeah. from uh, Lickside. Exactly. Yeah. Is that awesome. Cool place. place. Amazing. It looks cool. From I the outside, recommend. But... Uh, yeah, they have a like for. I was kind of a little worried because we used to go see Kaylina uh, O'Brien. Yeah. Yep. But uh, she changed uh, some things, uh, m- mostly working on ladies' hair. So I was okay. like, okay, well, we'll go to Noel's. Like, this ought to be interesting because, you know, when you bring a, f- a three-year-old at that time, like, uh, the whole shift's like, oh, this, how, I wonder how this is going to be. American Vintage, they had, like, kids' stuff there, like, you know, toys and all that. So. Was this just why you were getting your haircut? Or was Noel, Noah and, getting and, it, too? And Noah, too. But, okay. be, you know, so I went first so Noah would feel comfortable. Yeah. And Noah was just having a blast there. And then, you know, he Noel cut Noah's hair. Yeah. And Noel did a great job. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, you know, Noah says after, he's like, yeah, daddy. I was like, I want to go back there. So, you know, that, but anyways, it's the part cool. I was getting with Noel was uh, he, he had just went to a Billy Joel concert down in Long Island. He, he had a blast. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Bill, Billy's Long Island. So Long your Island parents guy. are going to have a good time. Yeah, they're, they're going to the garden. Um, but um, Billy Joel's like, he's a Long Island guy. Like yes, he is. Levy Town. Yeah, so he must have he must have probably played at NASA Coliseum. Around there. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been to yeah, I've been to an Islanders game before NASA uh, NASA area. Coliseum. Coliseum, yeah. Yeah. Um it's all well, you're a Philly guy though, right? I am. Where did that actually I, where did that happen? The being the Flyers. You, you and you and Nathan Russell, like you guys a couple yeah. fly, actually my buddy Nick Levine too, Flyers. I guy. remember Nick, yeah. Yeah, they're all I didn't Flyers. Know he guys. was a Flyers guy. Big Flyers guy, yeah. Maybe because the Shay Z Flyers puts a little influence oh, on. Oh, that could be, yeah. Mine was through John LeClaire. So um he's from St. Albans, Vermont. And That's right, yep. So I, it was kind of before him. I mean, my grandfather was a Bruins fan, and I just remember going to his house one day. Watching the Flyers playing the Winnipeg Jets, and I was like, "Who are you rooting for, Grandpa?" And he uh, he said, "I'll root for the Flyers. I don't really like them, but they're only the toughest hockey team left." And you know, the Flyers, original they, six. They, huh? Isn't is Philly original six? No, they were the next expansion over. Okay, so they didn't come around till uh, 1967, 68, uh, and. Uh, like I said, I don't even think Lindros was there at the time for the Flyers in, in this early 90s period. But uh, the Flyers beat the Jets. I'm like, yeah, I like that team. But I didn't really think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, my grandpa Dumont was getting me like these John LeClaire Flyer hockey cards and Eric Lindros. Yeah. And he's like, look at the back. And I was like, oh, St. Albans, Vermont. Well, this, cool, this guy's cool, you know? So, and then I met John LeClaire, got his autograph a few times. Every summer, he would come up to. Uh, 
I think it was like a, a Racine Ford dealership in St. Albans. Okay. So I'd see Leclerc and I just, I fell in love with the flyers. Like I said, probably since like 94, 95, they had the Legion of doom with yeah. Michael uh, Renberg and Eric Lindros Leclerc. Uh, seen a, seen them a few times in those Stanley Cup moments, but unfortunately they couldn't win, and I don't think they're gonna win for about another thirty years. <laughs> Though we got a new GM, Danny Breer, so I got some faith in him. So, oh, Leclerc played at UVM too. Yep, he went to UVM. He got drafted by Montreal. I believe he got the game-winning assist when the Canadians beat the Kings in the final. I might be wrong. But, um, yeah, and, and then he gets traded, and actually a lot of Montreal fans were ticked uh, when he got traded from Montreal to, to Philly because then all of a sudden he ramped it up with Philly. He, he really helped him out. I feel like I knew that he was from St. Albans. Um, I didn't know he went to UVM. I, I know yep. um, Marty St. Louis was. Saint Louis, yeah, speaking of Montreal. Yeah, Mar- Marty, he... Uh, He's the only thing I like in, for the Montreal Canadiens. Other than that. Not a Canadian guy. I, so, I can't stand the Montreal see, Canadiens. See, that, that'd be the team I'd root for is the Habs. Um, <laughs> I told my son no, though, because he loves hockey. I was like, if you do get drafted by the Canadiens someday, I, I will like the Canadiens. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch you when you play Philly. Yeah, I will. Yeah, Philly. I'll root, I'll root um, for you. The... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I like uh I like the Canadians. I didn't know that he was from uh Yeah, right from John St. Albans. I I feel like someone told me that when I was younger. Um and I had cousins that I mean grew up with him, um went to school in Swanton, Missisquoi. Yeah. So they play against him at a high school level at BFA and they're like, Oh yeah, you knew he, when he was young, like he was gonna just be like a, a pro. I think you look at that with like pro athletes just in general, like they just have that extra like extra gear yeah it's it's tough to explain but you can just tell someone that's just better and like they're just faster they're quicker they're just they move better their decisions are better um i think it's like they're 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 there's there's a noticeable difference yeah you just stand out and and this i mean this is at any level you can always tell like who the best player is but when you see a really exceptional kid you're like Oh yeah, that's by far the best player. Look at Corey Lewis. I mean, he's doing a professional league in Germany. Still, yeah, I, I really, I'm like, he'll make the NBA. I just that's how I think. I, I Corey is just one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. Yeah, Cor- <laughs> in this I, area, you I, know. Had, I had Corey on the podcast. Uh, was it in the summer? I think it was. Yeah, it was this past summer. Um, got to see him a little bit, and it was cool. I had, got to catch up with him, and he's doing well. And I mean. If you would have, I think if you would have told him that you'd be doing this at this age, he probably said you'd be kidding me. Because he, you know, he, he even talked about it. he's like, I like soccer. I played college soccer. Yeah. Then I ended up playing um, college basketball and just kind of started to go with it. And it was tough to say was he better. The the thing with Lewis, like, I watched him play basketball. I watched him play um, soccer, and I watched him play baseball. Mm-hmm. He gave up baseball very early. Yes, he ar- did. Arguably. Baseball might have been his best sport. Like uh, he was a stud ba- baseball player, and I just he just gave up. Like just for whatever, he stopped playing. It, it, it was a shortstop, wasn't he? He could have been. I just I just remember he was a st- he could hit, he, he was, could field, yeah. he could well, run, he could steal bases. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He could do everything you wanted in a baseball player. And I played basketball with him, and he was by far the best player. I definitely think he was always and, in basketball. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought so too. I mean, but then again, he was he was, you know, uh, um. He well, he won the league MVP at. I think he was a first team All State too. I mean, he was. 
like the tip top of soccer too. I mean, this kid was just athletic. Yeah. And, um, and it was cool catching up with him. Just like same, same dude. Like, like it's so funny cause I hadn't seen him for a long time and it was kind of like when I had Jonah on for the first time. Like I hadn't, I told <laughs> Jonah, I'm like, I haven't I spoken to Jonah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he I'm like, is. I haven't spoken to you. I feel like in 10 years, like you see pictures and stuff. But like seeing photos on Facebook is different than having a conversation. Of course. So when yeah. I, I haven't, and I didn't, like when we went to college, like I, or graduate high school, I kind of lost touch with Jonah just because we went different ways and just, I just never that's really, life. that's life. Yeah. And I could say that about 85, 90% of the kids I graduate high school yeah. with, but it was, there's a handful, like some of them still stay around. So you, you run into them and you know, mm-hmm. you, you see them more out and about. And there's some kids that you don't see for years. And then he kind of came back in. Um, and I've, he's been on the podcast probably three times now. He probably came around what, like during the fall of, of 2022. Cause I saw him during the fall. Uh, it was, it was prior to that. It was prior to COVID. Um, I oh, think wow. I saw him in 19 because he started, he wanted to go on his trip in 2020 around the world. Yes. And he started to, and he go, he was stuck in South America when COVID hit and yes, he came he back. Was, yeah. So, but it was kind of, I remember walking in, I'm like. Which is so funny, but I'm like, I don't, I just forgot how you, what you sounded like. Like, I just haven't seen you. I haven't heard you. Like, and uh, we picked up right where we left off, and he's doing great. And, you know, same thing. Like, I grew up with Jonah, and, like, I remember, like, going to his house as a kid and yeah. obviously playing sports. And, like, yep. we graduated. We went – he was one of the kids that we went kindergarten through 12th grade together at Shazay. Like, every year – I mean, there's always a handful of kids like that, but we were – you know, him, Stephanie Hostler, my, my cousin Perry, my cousin Nolan, like a lot of them, we just, we went all the way through. And yep. um, yeah, so it was fun just like see him. So like when Lewis came, it was the same thing. I'm like, I have, I just haven't seen you. Like not in a, I've seen you like via Facebook. Yeah. But when you actually get to rekindle relationships with these people that like you haven't seen forever, but they're like, I miss those guys. Like they're cool dudes or, you know, and oh, um, same. So it's, it's just neat. Uh, yeah. I, I bumped into Corey. He was up during like the summer of 2020. And it was out actually in a Target parking lot. He was in his car. He just rolls up. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" I was like, "Corey." Sounds like him. Yeah, randomly. Yeah, like, <laughs> and he was, and I think he was, he was so with the kid, like helping the kid out or something. He does. Yep. He actually does it similar and, to what you do. Yeah, and that's what we yeah. were talking. He said, "Hey, get yeah. a hold of me." You know, I wanted to, but you know, life, ugh, life, yeah. right? You know, it's like then I had my son, and just you know everything that was still going on with, with. COVID at that time, 2020, it was hard to do, you know? Yeah. Oh, back then, for back sure. Back then, yeah. You know, and, and that next thing I know, Corey was already back in Germany playing he, basketball. Well, he, he came over for um, earlier in the year, or summer, and he actually came over to our house, and it was funny. He was just like, he was hanging out. and we, I mean, he came over for a few hours, and we were just kind of, you know, catching up and, and chit-chatting and stuff, and um, it was just so funny because my youngest was like, loved him. Yeah. Like, the kids all loved him, but like, my youngest was just like... You know, of course, he's just sitting there. Any audience he can get. And, of course, you know, Corey, Corey was great and just, like, yeah. hamming it up with him. But it was just funny because you're just – it's, like, it's different, too, because, like, you got – like, he's, like, a blast from the past for me because he's, like, like old life, shazy, like, pre what my life is now. Yeah. And then when you see him, like, live, like, with my – it's weird, but it's, like, it's like I like this. It's cool. It's, like, my past and, like, my my current and it's, like, all happening That's right weird now. when that happens, it was right? A, it was a yeah. weird, like, trippy feeling and it's, like – you know, it's even like seeing like it could be even be like seeing you with your kids or you with Alex. Like I'm like I remember Bud from high school, but then I'm like now you see him out and about with a family and stuff. It's like same guy, but it's just like different stages of life, and yep. like it kind of shows like how life, you know, like time never stops. It keeps yep. moving. You just but everyone grows up. 
yeah, you grow up, yeah. but it's like to see what people are doing, and it, it's it's nice when you have like so when you hang out with some buddies from like high school or college or wherever people mm-hmm. hang out, like you get together and like, you don't miss a beat. Like I'll get together with some high school buddies like, a couple times a year. We get together, whatever it might be. We might go golf. We might just like go like go get a drink and, and eat somewhere. But it's like you just nothing changes and you pick up where you left off and you start making fun of each other the same way. You start like talking about the same stuff. Like those things never, end. they never, end. yeah. I'm like, you might think you're cool now, but like you're still the nerdy kid in high school or you're still the, you know, the, still the kid that we made fun of you about X, Y, and Z. And we're bringing it up 10, and, 15, and I, 20 years And I later. hope we bring it up another 20 years down the road, right? Cause it's still yeah. relevant and funny <laughs> yeah. in our minds. And, and I think and, it gets funnier too, as you get older. That's what I kind of get like from, you know, talking to older people about it. You know? we'll, we'll still shoot like text messages back and forth. Like we're in like a group message and we'll get random stuff. And usually it's like around sports or something. And you know, it's just jabbing and like, there's always one comment that's thrown in. Yeah. That's like, slamming one of the guys from like high school like just some stupid comment. oh yeah but it's like great and we just die laughing it's like oh that's right or we all get the reference so we're like yep yeah, that's exactly that's a perfect reference for this scenario exactly. but but it's just funny when you can uh yeah you can kind of connect the dots with those and, and uh bring it back but um yeah man t- time um goes by fast huh Shut yeah blink of an eye the uh <laughs> no it really does yeah um yeah i was gonna say so the Rogan thing. Have you seen his new club at all? No, his I haven't. comedy club. Oh, I, I. He's always been into the comedy thing, and I see he what didn't he have Dave Chappelle on the other day? Like he surprised his whole audience with Chappelle. Yeah, but did you see his new new uh, studio or new uh, comedy? No, Strange Times Comedy Club. Nope, it's called no. Comedy Mothership. Is that what he calls his uh, his studio? Right, the Mothership. He might. He's big into. Yeah, he's a character when it comes to like planets and stuff the, the conspiracy stuff that's that's why i like him <laughs> well I, I mean i love i love like i'm not saying like uh aliens and stuff that does like nothing for me like yeah. not like to his level it's i like far out i right? like space yeah like i love the thought of space we talk about stars i actually told my son today i'm like i i yeah you can see like joe rogan and friends like the, they're pumping out lots and lots of shows wow seven and ten look at that so, I mean, these guys are pumped. Yeah. These guys, I mean, there's, it's crazy because they just, he's like doing it the way he wants to do it, but mm-hmm. you're getting some really good people and he like brings up random guys that are in town. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he calls, I'm going to check this out. Fat Man and Little Boy are the two studios <laughs> named after the atomic yeah. bombs because it had to yeah, do with like yeah. alien projects or something. Um, but um, no, I just think it's kind of cool. Like this is, he's kind of talked about like, I've actually first time I've been on this, but he bought this space and was like basically turning it into like the mecca of comedy now because everybody's starting to move there because of him. And he's like dragging all these guys to Austin. He's like, it's yeah. great here. And they're all coming in and turning it into like, you know, this big comedy space, which is cool. And Austin, from what I've heard, pretty fun city. Never been. I went never to, been either. I went to San Antonio to a couple years ago, which is about an hour away, yep. but I never got to Austin. I wanted to, but yeah, limited time and you're kind of doing some stuff and, um, yeah, no, it's just I, I do like comedy too. So and I think a lot of it I've grown listening to his podcast. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a little bit more appreciation for comedy. Yeah. Um do you listen to a lot of comedy? Uh I mean not too much, but you know, especially late teens, early twenties, I was always into Dave Chappelle. He's my guy. I love Dave. I do too. Yep. Some people don't, but like his most recent ones on Netflix I thought were great. 
Even though they're more like they're lesson jokes. based, but they they're, were hilarious. Yeah, they're jokes, you know. He he picks fun at everybody. It is what it is. I mean, but I always like the underlying like the underlying tones of like what he's trying to get. Or there's a moral message to it, kind of at yes, the end of it all, right? Than just yeah, a joke. But he just he, he likes to to twist it, you know. And I I don't know how to say it. Uh, he. Uh, this is so cool. It, it, there comes a little controversy with this with some of the things he'll say, but. Yeah, but I think it's great. Those guys. It is. Actually, have you ever seen her, Christina P? No. She's hilarious. Her her husband's Tom Segura. I'm sure. I'm you know horrible Tom, right? with names, but I'm good with You know faces. Tom. Tom's always with Burt Kreischer, and they do, um, uh, they got a couple podcasts together. They're all great comics. So it's just funny. I'm just looking at like the lineups they have coming out, and there's some good. She's hilarious. Okay. She's she's just funny. Christina but, P. Hmm. She, yeah. Take a look at her. Yeah, she's, uh, she's nutty, but. <laughs> and friends in low places. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, of course. You know, I remember like uh, like being really young. John Candy. You remember that guy? Uncle Buck. Yes. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, yep. Uncle Buck. I mean, um, what else was John? John, oh, he was in uh, Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah. Yep. Just for like 10 seconds. Yeah. But the, he the, was uh, good. Yeah. The polka guy or whatever. Yep. Um, polka. That's it. Yeah. Well, actually, John Candy, that's... And then there was the guy after him, uh, Chris Farley. Oh, I mean Farley. Yeah, yeah rest in peace. But actually, yeah. both these guys have passed since. Yeah. But um, they they were only like what a few years separate, right? Uh, from, uh, they, they they were in the ballpark. Away, yeah. Um, oh yes, and they passed away. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, John Candy was more of like the '80s, you know, comedy, and I think Farley was what early mid '90s. Yeah. Well, Farley was. I don't know if. Um, Far, I mean, Farley was an SNL guy. I mean, right here, Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Great Outdoors, Planes, Cool Trains Runnings. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That wasn't, yeah, Cool Runnings. That Amazing. Definitely. I Space mean, those, balls. I don't know The Great Outdoors as well, but I know it's good. Uncle Buck's one of my all time favorites. Yep. Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, great. Cool Runnings, great. I loved Cool Runnings. Um, yeah, was it the 88 Calgary uh, bobsled team? Mm hmm. Yeah, John Candy was 43 when he died. I think they said a heart attack, which makes sense. Guy's a little heavy, but he actually looked a little older. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I mean, the guy didn't take care of himself, yeah. but um, he was co-owner of the, oh the Toronto uh, Argonauts, the Canadian Football yep. League. Yep. Never learn something new every day. Wow. Um, yeah, he was Canadian. Amazing new market. So he's just yep. outside of Toronto. Um, yeah, he was. Oh, he was Second City. Okay, Second City. That's. You familiar with Second City? No. It's like um, I think it was, I think it's Canadian, but I think I also had to go out of Chicago. Um, it was very, it was like a an, another SNL. Okay. But um, watch, look at the people on this. The original se- um, sketches and characters. There's got to be something that talks about alumni. Because Second City, oh, I think it just showed further up. Alumni. I might have met. Showing Robin Williams? Oh, no, maybe not. I bet you he was on Second City. There was a ton of people. Let me see. Yeah, I mean, Let me of see course, some... Robin Williams is one of the greatest. Second City alumni. Maybe it was out of Chicago. Right here. Look oh, Dan names. Aykroyd. Look oh, at these geez. names. Yeah, John Belushi. Alan Arca, Alan It's when you Alda, know you're a, like a Bill Generation Murray. X and a millennial kid, right? Dan you know Aykroyd, Eugene Levy. Yeah. Chris Farley, of course. Catherine yeah. O'Hara, Ryan Stiles. Remember that? Uh, pardon the, or not pardon the interruption. Uh, what's my, what's my, 
What's my line? What was that show called? It was the improv show. Whose line is it anyway? Who's that's it? Good yes. call. Ryan yep. Styles, like Wayne Brady. That's a good show. Yeah, Drew and Drew Carey, right? Was he hosted? He host, whose line is it? Anyways? Did he host the original version of it? Maybe. Or was he different? Because, but there were the couple, the two Canadian guys, right? The one was a Ryan Styles, bald guy, and then the Wayne other Brady. was a tall guy that sometimes was on Two and a Half Men. Oh God! Oh, Wayne Brady was on there. Wayne yeah. Brady was on. He was good. Wayne Brady, he Ryan a, Styles. He was on a few Ch- uh, Chappelle shows, too. Was he? Yeah, he could have been. Um, Steve Carell, one of my all-time favorites. Mike Myers. Jordan Peele? Jordan wow. Peele, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Steve Colbert, Cecily Strong. I mean, these people, they're like so many Canadian people. Like, There's a lot of Canadian people that came through Second City. Um, but Second City, man, that's, I mean. That's big. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would realize. say SNL would probably be a little bit beyond that, yeah. but. This isn't. That's a great lineup of people, and obviously, really like is. some of these people went on, went on to uh, Tina Fey, of course. SNL. Yeah, yeah, but John Candy, um, Chris Farley was. I mean, he's kind of like that '90s like fat comic guy, but um, and then he joined. John I think Candy, Adam man, Sandler, right? Yeah. Well, they were all in SNL together. Yeah, SNL. Yep. They. Uh, let me see. Where's? Is that him when he's? My wife, she oh, loves, that's not she, Alex. She loves Adam Sandler movies, like every single one. I'm like, sometimes they're a hit or a miss for me. Oh, I, don't I know. love Sandler movies, but I like Adam Sandler as a person generally. And he, he's he was just from New funny. Hampshire, right? Manchester. I did. I knew he was a New England guy, but I did not know he was from New Hampshire. You see a lot of his shirts, like when they have like, uh, um, like T-shirts and stuff. He mm-hmm. wears a lot of like sport. I mean, he. I think they call it like the Adam Sandler look, which is like basketball shorts, sneakers, and like a yeah. shirt, which I love, but. I thought if you had to change, let's say trade places, which I'd never trade places with anybody, but if you had to say like what career of somebody would you love to have, someone like Adam Sandler would be up there for me. I agree. Like fun movies, has a group of guys that are just in all those movies. Got that click. Uh, What's his name? Steve Buscemi? Buscemi's in the field. He looks like a fun guy to hang out with. (laughs) He's a little wild, crazy, googly eyes or whatever from Mr. Um, Deeds. Mr. Deeds. And it's actually Mr. Deeds. Isn't that kind of in New Hampshire? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, Winnipesaukee-ville or something like that. There's some name they had. In There's these... like Winnipesaukee around. Yeah, I love that. that, that, um, love that area. That's was, a beautiful what spot. What was the name of that? But Mr. Deeds. Let me see what the town was. It was something like a long like made-up name. And then it ended up actually being a real name. And they're like, oh, crap. Um, Probably was Winnipesaukee. <laughs> but it was like something, something-ville. And he says it right in the movie, uh, the beginning. And who was the girl in it? Winona Ryder? She's like, oh, whatever. And then she's like, oh, it's actually a real place in New Hampshire. Effingham? Plot. <laughs> no, because uh, my, my wife's uncle lives in Effingham. Like, but you're joking, right? Like, yeah, Mandrake but, uh, Falls. But I don't think it was Mandrake Falls. No, I think it was that's something. That's probably the made-up name, right? Living nephew runs pizzeria at Mandrake Falls and also writes greeting cards. Oh, I forgot about the greeting cards. Yeah. Um, but there was... What was the name? It's it's you you know what I'm talking about. Was I don't think it was Mandrick Falls. I think it was like something. Something was like a long name, and they're like, "There's no way that's an actual place." Um, trying to think, you'd have to look up like real name Mandrick Falls for Mister Deeds, and I'm sure. But if it would pop up, and but if you went, I mean, I wonder what his first movie was. Was it Billy Madison? Filmography. Mm, oh, right probably. here. 
going overboard. He was in Coneheads. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was in Coneheads. I've seen Coneheads too. Dan Aykroyd, yeah. So he must have had a small role in that. Must have. I hadn't seen that movie probably since I was in second or third grade, so I wouldn't even remember. But yeah, Billy Madison, then Happy Gilmore. That's the first. I Happy Gilmore was the first movie I remember seeing. Then I don't remember Bulletproof at Same all. Same here. Wedding the Singer. Wedding Singer is a classic. Yeah, Water, Water Boy, Boy, Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. That's when he started like knocking him off. Little yeah, Nicky was a little weird. That but was strange, huh? Yeah, Punch Drunk Love. I don't think I ever saw Punch Drunk Love. Saw that one not too long ago. That's is that one more? Likes. Romantic comedy drama. Yeah, that was Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was great. Mr. Yes. Deeds, Eight Crazy Nights. Eight Crazy Nights, Nights yeah. That's a technical foul. That's a technical <laughs> foul. That's a great Eight Crazy Anger Nights. management was good. One of my all-time favorites. Yep. That was the Nick, only... Jack Nicholson is, is another t- high up there for all-time actors. That was the only movie I've ever seen in theaters twice in one day. I went with my buddy. Twice in one day. Huh? Went with my buddy to like a matinee. Mm-hmm. Came home. It was just me and my dad that night. My mom was gone somewhere with the girls or whatever. And he's like, hey, what do you want to do? You know, just kind of hanging out. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, oh, I went and saw this really funny movie, this Adam Sandler movie. And me and my dad have always loved just stupid comedy movies. So I'm like, yeah, this really good movie. Jack Nicholson, Adam Sandler is just really good. And he kind of is, I don't know, this might have been like four in the afternoon. He's like, "Might I just get something to eat and go watch it? I'd probably see it. Because we'd watch it again. I'm like, yeah, I'd watch it again. It's well worth it. So we went right back and watched the same same movie. Literally watched two shows the same day. Only time I've ever done that for a movie. Yep. Um, 50 First Dates, Longest Yard. I don't remember watching Click. Oh, God, I was a tearjerker at the moment. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was sad. Click, Rain <laughs> Over Me, I don't remember watching. Um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Classic. Comical. That's yep. hilarious. I never, I never watched the Zohan movie. I haven't seen that. Bedtime stories, bedtime, funny no. people. Grown ups are my all time favorite. Grown ups is good. Yep. Just go Just with it. Good. I love. Grown ups two. I love. Jack and Jill. I haven't seen. Yeah. Grown ups two was great. Hotel Transylvania. I forgot that he was doing. Yeah, that's a great movie. Murder mystery. I saw recently. Uncut gems is dark. Darker than he normally would be. What's that about? He's um. The hell is he? He's um. He sells jewelry. Okay. And it's kind of it's it's. It's nerve-wracking because he's, like, trying to, like, sell jewelry to people. But he'd be like, hey, hey, Eric, I'll sell you this, this jewelry. Um, and the guy's trying to sell him. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you that money. So then he's got to go get another jewelry. It's kind of like almost like a Ponzi scheme kind of thing with jewels. Like, he's like, yeah, I'll pay you. And then he'll, like, get money, pay the guy off. And then get, like, he never has what he needs. So mm-hmm. to pay the first guy off, he takes from the second guy. And it gets very nerve-wracking because he's, like, and he knows he's, like, on very thin ice. So, like, if something doesn't work according to plan, like, he's he's in trouble. Yeah. So, basically, the long and short of it is he's trying to I, – I guess he's, he's kind of like – I want to say like a swindler. I think he, he's not like being – he's just not a great business guy. And he's kind of like a little bit more on this uh, – I don't know. It's like – it's just very – like, John, you're at your seat because, like, oh, my God, this is almost like, like cringy because, like, say, he's always going to get trouble. It seem like an Adam Sandler movie, right? You no, know? it's probably the most uh, – serious role i've ever seen him play and it's good um hubie halloween i didn't see that but i was told it was pretty good okay i haven't seen that uh kevin james ray Liotta must have been one of his last ones rob schneider obviously classic and hustle have you seen that one that's a serious one too that's a drama 
Uh, that one's a good one. That one's about a, he's NBA a sports agent. Scout. Yeah. scout. Scout. Yes. You know, I, I've seen the, I saw it pretty sure on the YouTube, the, the, the commercials, the, the previews trailer. for it. Yeah, trailers. Yeah. And I just haven't checked it. So he's, he plays a really good role in that one too. But again, he's. Does he uh, really get in a fight? Doesn't he like hurt one of his players or get in a scuffle with him? He kind of gets demoted. He might. I don't, I don't remember. I ended up watching it actually like in the airport during a delay. I remember watching it just in the airport. He, uh. He ended up, um, yeah, he's like an ex-player, but he's like trying to make it as a scout, mm-hmm. and he's got to travel a lot, and he's kind of like my ticket to get to this next level is bringing in like this unknown prospect. Yep. So the whole idea is like he's trying to get this player from Europe to play in the NBA as like his golden ticket. It'd be like finding, I don't want to say LeBron James, but it's like finding like an NBA all-star unknown that nobody has eyes on and he happens like bring this like golden ticket to the 76ers as kind of like his way into like the next level where he doesn't have to travel and compete with his family. There's a lot of like deep dynamics to it. Yeah. And then obviously like the dynamic with the player and stuff. And it's, uh, there's a lot going on, a lot of mini storylines, but if you can watch that, it's a pretty good movie. And it's a, ser- it's a very like serious role. Though. It's not, there's like some comedy, but it's like a quick joke here and there to people, but it's, it's definitely a serious drama. That's when you know, you know, like some of these comedian kind of people and they can play the serious roles uh, a lot of props to them they're good at what they do and Sandler's yeah, one of them yeah Sandler can I'm trying to think of a lot of them it's hard for them to make that leap because they're typecast remember Robin Williams they played some amazing. serious roles too and I yeah, thought Saving he was Private, or not Saving Private Ryan um, remember uh, that picture movie he was uh, like Goodwill Hunting Goodwill Hunting but there was a creepy camera like picture guy he was I, I forget what it was and there's then he, Patch Adams too. There's Patch Adams. That's another one. But he he was, he was amazing at all those movies, like Hook. Remember Hook? Yeah, classic. I love one. that movie. Rufio. Dead Poet Society, Mrs. Doubtfire, obviously, but Mrs. that's Doubtfire. more comedy. Yeah, Jumanji. I'd even say yeah. is like slightly on the comedy side. Oh, I forgot about Night Museum. Isn't he a Teddy Roosevelt? Oh, could have been. I never watched that. He Goodwill Hunting is one of my Good all-time Will favorite Hunting's movies. Really good. I uh, just heard something today about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck I think doing I know a movie for the first time since 97. That's got to be it, right? Goodwill Hunting's old. Yeah, and it was 97. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you know what the movie is? No. It's called... Um, let me see. Air Jordan. Air. Air Jordan? It's about Air oh, Jordan. Air. Okay. It's about them basically pitching the idea about um, around Michael Jordan, Nike around Michael Jordan. And he's gonna and Ben Affleck's gonna play Phil Knight. Yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> know that. I always was gonna say who's gonna play Phil Knight in this movie, but so Ben Affleck. I can kind of see that. Um, have you ever read Shoe Dog? No. The story of Phil Knight. No. It's pretty good. It's actually a really good book. Um, but so yeah, I didn't realize he was Phil Knight. So Phil Knight, Ben Affleck's playing Phil Knight. He's directing it too. Matt Damon, Sonny Vaccaro, which I feel like I know that name. Maybe just. Through the uh, the Sonny Vaccaro face looks familiar. Is anybody playing Michael Jordan? I, f- I feel like Michael Jordan's probably not even in this movie. Not not like the actual Michael Jordan. I'm saying Chris, like I feel like nobody's even playing. Chris him. Tucker's in this. God, is he? Yeah. So wow, that's a blast of yeah. The past. Man, I was wondering what happened to him. He's kind of been I, quiet for over a decade. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Tucker's been out for the Rush Hour. Rush Hour. I was going to say, what's his claim to fame? Rush Hour. Absolutely. Um, 
marketing executive, Sonny Vaccaro. Maybe that's how I know him is that. Yeah. Oh, his tenure with Nike. Yep. Where he signed Michael Jordan. Wow. Vaccaro left Nike for Adidas and then Reebok. ABCD. Oh, remember that? The ABCD camp? That was a major basketball camp. Nope. Um, Kobe Bryant, Dwight, LeBron. That was a major basketball camp. Dwight Howard. Uh, yeah. Wow. He played for, um, was it Dwight? the Spurs? No, Dwight was or, uh, Magic was, for a long time. Or Magic, yeah. And then he went to the Houston Rockets. He had like massive shoulders. I just remember him yeah. being this like, where did he go to college? South? Oh, he's high school. Duh. I'm thinking of Tim Howard of uh, of San Antonio. San oh. Antonio Spurs, yeah. Yeah, Dwight. I didn't realize Dwight Howard was the first overall pick out of high school. Atlanta. By the Magic. I, mean, I believe it. He's still huge. playing? Wow, he's still playing. That's crazy. League T1 League. Oh, no, no. So oh, he's... Yeah. Say. He's playing with the Lakers last year, got dropped. 76ers at Lakers again, Wizards, Hornets. Well, he's really bounced around, but I mean, he was with uh, the Magic for a long time. Yeah. 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 He, God, he's had a kind of a bouncy around career. I wonder what happened to him. Like, Jameer Nelson, remember him? <coughs> St. John's Junior. or St. Joe's? St. No, Joe's out of, uh, out of down near Philly. He, uh, 20 overall pick in 2004. His team, I think, was yep yeah, right here. They were twenty-seven and zero in the regular season, mm-hmm. um, and they ended up going to the. They were number one seed. They went to the Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah, number one seed in the tournament, and I believe Illinois was. I think that year Illinois was also a one seed. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State won that. Oh, maybe that's a different. Uh, one. That that game, right? That there. game, yeah. They beat them there. Um, I want to see. What, that was what two thousand four, two thousand five. So back in two thousand three and four. So two thousand four NCAA tournament bracket eh, championship, whatever yeah. bracket. We'll start here. Two thousand four. Probably like UConn or something like that. I think you're right. I think UConn won because UConn was insane those earlier years. Syracuse had a good team, too. Semifinals. Man, Duke was in it. Runner-up, Georgia Tech. Champions, uh, Connecticut. Oklahoma State, Duke, Georgia Tech, and Connecticut. Um, Connecticut defeated Georgia Tech, 82-73. Second national championship. And I feel like I know... I want to see the brackets. Um... Illinois was definitely a one seed because I believe they were undefeated in the regular season. I think that year, or is that if, I might be wrong, but Syracuse played UVM and lost the first round. That I might going, have been that year. I remember going down to Boston for St. Patty's Day weekend with Nick Sprague and Mark Nevada and Evan Green, I think. And uh, we were listening to the game the whole way down to Boston. And we just couldn't believe that Syracuse lost to UVM. They, it was like those. It was a Cinderella. I, I remember watching. So back then, I watched that game. Could, yeah, you're right. It was 2005. There was McNamara, and I think even Carmelo Carp- Anthony, Taylor uh, Coppenrath, Taylor Cop. Yeah, yeah, for UVM. UVM. Um, I think tall dude. I think Center. Anthony was already in the league at the time because he won the national championship. Right. I think in 03. I think McNamara was still playing. Oh, Jerry McNamara? Yeah, I think that was yeah. his name, right? No, he yeah. was. He was playing um, Akeem Warwick. He was a... Um, Akeem Warwick, yes. He was on the team. I feel like... 
Carmelo Anthony, I the think team he was stacked. I think Carmelo Anthony the won the national championship in 03, and then he went to the league in 04. Yeah. But yeah, so um, Illinois was the finals. So Illinois, this okay. This is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, so Illinois was the number one seed. I feel like they were undefeated that year. Heavy. Thirty-two and one. Yeah, they were wow. stacked. They had like I remember Jeez. they had D Brown. They had a and they lost. Um, <laughs> J, is it not Jace? Um, Darren Williams was the backcourt. They had a really good backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if they bring up the team. Good. This is what I wanted. D Brown, Luther Head, Darren Williams. Bruce Weber. Bruce Weber. Is he might still be there? Kansas, Kansas State. State. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I, that name's and, and are they still in the March Madness right now? I haven't really checked the last few days. Which one? Um Kent State. I know Oh, I don't know. Actually, that's a good call. Do you watch you follow up quite a bit? Not really. I don't even watch NBA that much anymore. Ugh. I was like I love the uh Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant days, and Kevin Garnett. But I just haven't really watched it for, God, almost like 10 years now. So how wild is this? Look at Princeton. Beats Arizona. Oh, wow. And beats Missouri so by 15. They're the Cinderella team 15 right now. seed. Yeah, they're in the Sweet 16. And they're playing Creighton. Creighton actually is playing well. a pretty well. good team, yeah. They've been playing well. And then um, FAU, I was watching this game because – Purdue yeah. lost the 16Z, which is unreal. I remember seeing that FAU, yeah, that upset against Memphis. And then, uh, oh wow, and Tennessee beat Duke. Yep, I actually thought Duke. I had them in my not Final Four. Duke's but my favorite. Elite. I love Duke. You like Duke? Yeah. Marquette. I like Syracuse, but I've actually become more of like an Indiana fan now because my both my brother in laws are out in Indiana. Okay. And basketball is religion in Indiana. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's where they kind of say like where it all started. It was in Indiana. Um, I I think so. Kansas was where um, J- James Naismith was from, I believe, or mm-hmm. was a professor there. Ma- James Naismith is okay. it Naismith that founded basketball? Naismith Hall of Fame. No idea. He's the guy I think that founded basketball. I think it was out of Kansas. Okay. But Indiana, though, I mean, Indiana is a massive basketball place. It is. I mean, it obviously like Larry Legend, Larry Bird is like the yeah, guy, um, he's the, man. The, the god. But then you also look at Hoosiers, which is an iconic. The Hoosiers, yep. The, Jimmy, the iconic movie um, at Hoosiers. But yep. Like really, most of these brackets, like if you're yet you at this point, you should have a one to four seed in the Sweet Sixteen. So right now you have Alabama one. So that whole bracket, somebody there's upsets in the top three yep. of the top four seeds got upset. Mm-hmm. This bracket, that, that's a huge two, upset. With, two of them are upset. Yeah. I could see Michigan State being Kansas State. I don't know what's his name. Michigan State coach, he's phenomenal. Michigan State, the the coach Tom Izzo. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he's a good dude. Yeah, um, like this bracket's pretty similar. I mean, the only one that's an upset was Kansas. Number one seed didn't get yeah. in. Arkansas was playing very well. Um, Gonzaga. wow, that's crazy. Gonzaga yes, and UCLA. That's going to be a great game. Yeah, and then what's – how many one seeds are there? Alabama and Houston, so there's two still left. Texas, Xavier. So this one was almost perfect, and then Indiana lost yep. to Miami. Oh, so, wow. Well, they um, got kind of smoked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 
this is this is actually like the most fun weekend because like now you're down to 16 teams and they're good so i always like the 16 the elite eight yeah like i just I, like the first weekend's crazy it's fun because like upsets and just a lot going on but now it's like i find the games are starting to kind of like mature a little bit and you're starting to have a little bit more like craziness going on with the mm-hmm. with like some good teams now playing each other um but well, yeah, like you is... say, you have the uh, UCLA and Gonzaga. That's going to be a really good game. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards UCLA. Which one down here? Yeah. Man, Gonzaga, though. Gonzaga's always... They always had a good... Yeah. Remember? Gonzaga just shows up at the tournament and is relevant. Remember doesn't matter to see. years ago. I say years. Maybe like over a decade ago. They, there was... Was it Harrison or something? He had And he had long hair for Gonzaga. Oh, Adam Morrison. Or Adam Morrison. Yeah, yeah. I, he was playing for the Rockets or something at one time, and then he just disappeared. Now he's a former. I think, I think he. Yeah, got, this is him. He looked he, like a yeah, mutt. Yeah, he really did. He looked a lot older. I, I was like, why is that thirty-year-old playing <laughs> basketball? He was good though. He uh, college basketball. Two thousand six, round one, pick three. I remember it was um, for player of the year. It was always him, or it was uh, JJ Redick. It yes, was at Duke JJ at the time. Duke, yep. And I was such a Duke guy. Though. And and Raddick went to the Bulls, right? Was he a Bulls player? Uh, that's a good question. He played for the Magic for a while. Yeah. And then I feel like right. he played for... He played for the Wizards. Do you know? And that's why I'm wondering if the Bulls or Wizards... No, the Clippers. I, he played for the Clippers okay. for a bit. I thought maybe it was the Wizards because I thought maybe Jordan had something to do with it. Michael Jordan, he was running the Wizards. Well, he was on the uh, Michael Jordan. I think still part of the Bobcats. He, or Bo- is Charlotte? Charlotte. I think Bobcats, he's a Bobcat yeah. guy. Um, I think the owner ownership Michael Jordan. Yeah, okay. I, say, I think he still owns. The... Like I say, I'm so behind my basketball. You, you know what's funny? <laughs> it's like so, which I never understood this. So the, they were the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. The Hornets went to New Orleans. Yes, and the New Orleans Hornets. Then they became the Charlotte Bobcats. For ten years, and yep. then they went back to the Hornets, and then New Orleans went to the Pelicans. The Pelicans, which that's, is weird. Yeah, but, but it's funny how, like the how the team. I don't. I guess I don't know the reason behind why the team names ever switch from the Hornets to someone else because the team did they, did they they never left or did they leave? So it looks like two years they left and they brought back a team. Two years later, just back to Charlotte, but called them the Bobcats. Why don't you just? Consider them the Hornets. The Hornets, so. right? Yeah. It was weird. I don't know. I just never understood because I've never seen a team go back. I wonder how many pro teams have done that. They have left and come back and then renamed their I, team. I, I mean, I'm praying in, to in God. In hockey, in hockey it's happened. You've had like, so there was the Atlanta Thrashers. Remember them? Yeah. Before, like in the 70s, I think, or 80s, they were the Atlanta Flames, which then moved to Calgary. Calgary. Yep. Um, but... And yeah, here they are. They're talking like expansion again in the NHL. Like, oh, let's bring, let's give Atlanta a team again. It's like, but why? Like, it just doesn't work out. Like, why would well, you? It's embarrassing to have a. So the Thrashers aren't a team anymore? I think they had moved to Winnipeg or they were just done. And then Winnipeg formed a team. You're right. The Jets. Okay. So actually, I lied. Winnipeg Jets are back to Winnipeg Jets. Yes. Yeah. Because Winnipeg went to when they were done back in the late 80s early or mid 90s they went to arizona became the coyotes, coyotes yep so yeah that just erased the whole Winnipeg wait was it frame. them or was it the north stars minnesota went to dallas yes you're right yep, yep. and then the quebec nordiques went to colorado that's right because they have some cool jerseys now colorado or the they throwbacks the throwbacks yeah it's, um, it's so what sweet. about the whalers did they go who'd they go to carolina 
And sometimes they wear the the throwbacks, the actual Hartford Whaler throwbacks. Hartford Whalers is a cool team. It's so random to have a team in Hartford, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's like a new. It just didn't work out. It's not a big, definitely not a big market. No. Um. I it, exactly. And that's the thing about Atlanta. Why they would want to bring a, a team back is they are a, a top market. And the same thing with Houston. It's talks of a Houston team. I think they would be called the Arrows, like the Houston Arrows, as in like a plane. The Winnipeg Jets have been back since 2011. Yes, that sounds about right. Wow. Yeah. If you would have asked me, it would have been like 2018. 2011. Seems like it. Wow. I know. There's some players I hear. I'm like, oh, wasn't, that, wasn't he just playing like five years ago? Like, no, that was 10. <laughs> I didn't know Winnipeg was back, has been around that long. I didn't know the Thrashers have been out for over 10 years. If you asked yeah. me right now who's the Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta they, hockey team, I would have said the Thrashers. Yeah, because they left in 2012, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yep. Wow, that's wild. Time, yeah, like I say, man, time flies. <laughs> you know, so I'm, this is what I'm looking forward MLB expansion teams. Mm-hmm. Because I'm praying at the Expos. Uh, um, yeah, that would be awesome if Montreal could get a team. But I've been told that supposedly Nashville might get a baseball team. Ugh. But, of course, Nashville's a fast-growing city. I mean, everyone loves as they call Smashville. Smashville. <laughs> oh, this right <laughs> for other reasons. Yeah, Mar- yeah. March 10th, 2023. Well, that's actually from the, the Predators, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 25 years since the MLB last expanded, which is wild. Arizona and Tampa. It's been that long. Yeah. And, and Arizona went to the... No, Arizona's still around. No, they're both still around, both those yeah. teams. The Florida Marlins went to the World Series in 97. So I was thinking them, but they, I think, were an expansion team like very soon before that. It's been nice. It was almost like the Knights in hockey when they went to the, fi- uh, the Stanley Cup in like the first year. Yeah. They played like their the expansion Capitals. team. And, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, we're in the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, yeah. This game's easy. Yeah, it must be nice because then they get to you know, cherry pick from all. So when the team starts, they get to pick certain players from – each organization. Which I wonder, obviously, is like that. Is that like, fair, or is that because they obviously put together know. a really solid like that, but team? But it is what it is. It's the rules. So Nashville Stars. Oh, so it is Nashville. come out. Nat, see right there, um, Nashville. Yeah, has become. MLB is expanding, and Nashville has become a prime destination. Expansion team in Nashville it used to be a Negro League that was disbanded in the fifties. I mean, I don't. Th- I mean, obviously, I mean Nashville doesn't have. I mean, I don't think. Tennessee has any team. And there's really, I mean. No, and you think they're. St. Louis isn't far from there. Yeah. From Nashville. And then obviously you go up, you have like Chicago. You know, you have. Then you have D.C., which isn't that far with the uh, Nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Which Um, Nashville. And then there's the Atlanta Braves. God, Vegas, man. But Vegas, like, Vegas attracts people. So it's, it's, it's crazy that Vegas didn't have teams before. Like especially football. Like now that's got, America. I mean, baseball is America's pastime sport, but football is America's. Well, hockey sport. and football. I mean, Las Vegas, and you go to a football game, and then Vegas. Like it's the perfect yeah. like party town for that stuff. Um, and, and who would have thought? Like, oh wow, a hockey team in the middle of the desert <laughs> in Vegas, and they do well. They draw crowds. Yeah. Well, this is actually funny too. Baseball, Charlotte, and New Orleans. Oh man, maybe I. I mean, but you kind of think in my head, I'm like, that's right. These teams don't have baseball teams. Yeah. San Antonio. Yeah, but Jerry. Portland. I'm trying to think. There's already a, a team in Texas. Texas Dallas Rangers. and Houston. 
I mean, Houston, uh, not Dallas, yeah. but there's a te- Texas, Texas Rangers yeah. and there's and, Houston. Yep. Um, Portland. Yeah, you know that's a city right there. I'm I'm never surprised. Like, Ugh. yeah, I've. I wouldn't I, want. It sounds like a nightmare right now in that city. <laughs> so they're they're playing in Mexico City the series this year, San Diego and Houston, and it's looking to expand yep. its reach. I I mean. Oh, Tokyo. What? Get out of here. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying that now they want to expand, go like an international level, or just to bring the games? Like, go to Japan and well, play a game? <laughs> Mexico City is, they're playing a series there. I don't. Yeah. I have no clue about Tokyo. Obviously, Montreal. Oh, I'm there's very, Montreal. Um, yeah. Let me brand it. to make a comeback as an expansion team and, and give them a chance to redeem themselves. Vibrant sports town is home of the Canadians and Alouettes. I'm praying that the Expos get a team. I would love that. Oklahoma City, eh. Vancouver. You know, that's where Jackie Robinson played, was in Montreal. Yeah. Played for the Jerry Royals. Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He actually didn't want to leave to go to the States. He wanted to stay in Montreal. He loved it. I mean, Montreal's got a rich, rich, rich baseball history. Yeah. And they weren't Which a very... Which is weird, right? You would never... you think it would just be hockey. <laughs> and, cur- not, not... and curling. <laughs> yeah, and curling. Um, but Montreal, there wasn't a... They never won anything. They played in one... I think they played in one National League Championship Series. Yep. Um, Rick Monday had a home run, beat him. I believe it was that game. That had to have been, what, in the 80s? Early 80s? 80s. Yeah. And then 94, they were the best team in baseball, and then the strike happened. Damn strike. And, yeah. and the strike, I guess... And again... Anything can happen in sports, but the way it sounded was like Montreal was like a shoe-in to win the league, cause they, or the um, pennant, because they were so good. And uh, the Yankees were the best team in baseball in 94, so imagine having like basically been like a 87 series, you know? Like, that would have been nuts. Which, But baseball for... like This, this is the thing with Montreal. This is the last thing I'll say, and we'll wrap this up. Yeah. Montreal, if you put Montreal in... So a couple things. Tampa Bay Rays, which is crazy because the... Always seem like they have a halfway decent baseball team. They have a great team, but, but they don't no get people. One, no fans. That's, so this is what it's you, like. L. A. L. A. is the same way in all their sports. The Lakers, they get nobody during I, the season, but when I, the playoffs, everyone shows up. I think up. it's a big, big bandwagon <laughs> sport. I don't think you have like the true passionate fans that you yeah. would in other other cities. Like you don't have the New York, you don't have the Boston fans. Yeah. You don't. But if you take Montreal out, you take Toronto or not Toronto. Sorry, you take Tampa. Yep. You move them to Montreal and you keep them in the American League East. Montreal now plays Toronto, Boston, and New York, and they would play them eight, roughly about eighteen times each a season, and they would have at least ballpark nine home games. So you have twenty-seven home games against those three teams that will attract a crowd, especially in this area. Correct, and then, and even Montreal. Um, when I went up, th- I've been up there a couple times to watch like preseason games. So you'll see like yep, Toronto same. play Boston. And it's packed, and everybody's wearing Toronto stuff. And I'm like, I'm at, and this is in Montreal. So I'm saying, if you had a Montreal team come in, you're going to have, a, obviously, Montreal and Toronto, in the, the two Canadian teams in the same division, yep. makes sense. You automatically have a rivalry there. That's a massive rivalry. Then you have Boston and you have New York that are you know, a stone throw in, in, in travel, sports, professional league, a stone throw away. They're not far away. And then your last team is Baltimore. Yeah. Which <laughs> which is like your like cheap tickets of the season you get to go watch, yeah. but still like beautiful park, Camden yes. Field, Camden, Camden Yards. Yards. Yeah, yep. that's honestly. I mean, I've never been there, but I drove by it. I see before. the nice. same. Yeah, yep. same. but I'm like that's got the be wall one of the and like top the... ten, top five most beautiful fields. It's Wrigley's pretty. Wrigley's got to be number one. Oh, I mean from Beth. just for looks wise. I mean, I, I love know. Fenway. 
Yeah, Fenway's well, so iconic. Only Yankees fans. Huh? Yeah, very quiet. Um, <laughs> the uh, I mean, I love the Yankees too. Like I've been. To, I don't. If people ask, like, what's your my favorite sports franchise of all time is the Montreal Expos. And my favorite yep. team of all time. If you were to say, what's your favorite baseball team? I'm still saying Montreal Expos. Like, okay, I, yeah. So when Montreal left in 04, I never I never went to Boston. I never went to New York. I never followed the Nationals. I pretty much, when the Expos left in 04, it was like baseball was ripped out of my soul. And I stopped following baseball. I couldn't even imagine. I mean, that'd be like the Flyers all of a sudden yep. leaving. I'd be like, who would I even root for? Nobody, probably. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, oh, it's been almost 20 years, and I have not followed baseball the same since. And yeah. I still don't root for a team in baseball. So even – didn't the Nationals win like a few years ago? So you would yep. have thought you would have been like, hey, this is awesome. It's kind of a Montreal, I, but it's not, really. I didn't give a crap. Could care yeah. less. Because we were like, all oh, the Expos won. I'm like, no, it's not. Different. Yeah, it really is because that, that was like two decades later. It was, right? it was 2015. They, yeah. Or 2005 they moved was the first year. But then yeah. – so 2005 they moved. Took but them over that, a decade. Yeah, and they win what maybe two thousand nineteen or roster. twenty. It's a whole other system. It's you know? all there's nobody on the team that's the same. Yeah, it's completely different. It, it, again, it's like saying, okay, you're the, you know, if the Winnipeg Jets win Stanley Cup, do you think Atlantic Thrashers are like our team won? Yeah, like exactly. that's not your team. I mean, yeah. it, it, in theory, but they took it from you and they went to another place. So like, and all you did was like move the franchise, which means the ownership basically moved. But I said, like, from a city thing, I just don't – it's well, yeah, not – in it my is. opinion, it's not the same team. If a team packs up and moves to another city as another franchise, you take the Raiders, pack up, and they move to L.A. Or L.A., Las Vegas. I guess they're still the Raiders. So you could still maybe root for them. Well, but it's not – I don't know. It's not the same. That was like with uh, the Quebec Nordiques, right? A year later, they moved to Colorado, and I think – the year after they win the Stanley Cup with Mart uh, with uh, not Martin Brodeur, Patrick Waugh. Oh yeah, Peter Forsberg, and actually a lot of Quebec people were mad because yeah. they're like, all it took was just another year to yeah, it could have all just worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's but that's uh, like yeah. no one was like, yeah, that was us, but no, people were mad. I uh, yeah, I mean I think honestly, if I. Yeah, I mean, I'm such an Expos guy. Like, it would be hard. I'm trying to think of a scenario where I would, like, root for the team. Mm -hmm. Like, it just – it it hasn't happened. I mean, I'm a, I love the New York Giants. Um, but, like, the Montreal Expos, I think it was also the time I watched them, too, because of the proximity. We were close, and I went up multiple times a year to games. I was going up at least once a month to watch games. And that was – you know, and my thing was like, man, I wish there was a team there when I turned 18 – and like I could just like drive up, you know, go have some drinks, relax, you know, party up there and watch the games, like with some friends and oh, stuff. Yeah, definitely. But I never got that opportunity, so they left basically when I was in starting high school. Yeah. And I just never. All you got was dollar hot dog nights. That's it, dollar hot dog <laughs> nights, and you know, I mean, lots of good memories, lot of lots of baseballs and stuff. But Vladdy Guerrero, best my still my he's favorite player. Here. And now and now that his son's playing, he's Vlad my Jr. favorite player. I I was actually. So Vlad Jr., so I went out last about a year ago, a little, a little less than a year ago, I went out to uh, Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And this no, thing that's for, random. for real estate. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. One, of the, one of the guys who went. He, you he went to there for he, the drinks. He lives. You? Well, so I went to Milwaukee, and uh, one guy's from Milwaukee. And I didn't, I've never been to Milwaukee. I've had no if you, And I actually was kind of joking. I'm like, have you ever told me I'd go to Milwaukee? I'd be like, no. There's no chance I'd ever. Like, why would yeah. I go to Milwaukee? So we ended up going. Milwaukee's great. Loved it. Had a great time. We ended up going to, 
I don't know what the stadium's called now, but everybody calls it. It's still Miller Miller Park. Okay, it's, they have yeah. a different name now. It's like American. Oh, like, I would insurance know. or something. Yeah, but um, so Miller Park. So yep. you show up. This place. Very cool. They had like the slide out in the outfield and all the glass. I think I might have seen like on ESPN when they're showing some of the games. Yeah, yeah that, it's, that's it's, the park. Yeah. It's like a pretty cool park, and, yeah. and it's kind of like it feels like the middle of nowhere. Like it's not like in the major city. It's kind of off, and it's like. But we go to this game, and uh, so we they're playing Toronto. So Vlad Guerrero Jr. is playing first base. So we end up going. We, we show up the first like four innings. We're in like the left field, um, like bar restaurant, but it's outside. So like you can look through the glass and watch the game mm-hmm. as you're in this bar. So like it's cool. So like you're in the I bar eating, and we're just sitting there and like and you're watching the game. Right? We're like watching the game, but like we're eating. It's on the TVs, but we're eating, and then you just like look out in the glass, and like the actual game's going. It's really on. the best seats in the house. It was, it was great. <laughs> they had probably about 500 different beers to choose from. It is a big beer. Oh like, yeah, it's the beer capital. Oh basically. my god, it's yeah. amazing and. So my buddy who was there, the guy we went out and kind of visited, is like the mayor of Milwaukee. And when mm-hmm. I say mayor of Milwaukee, I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. Like everywhere we went, this guy. Everyone knows him. Knows him, had a connection, was able to get like. So our seats were the were the second row behind the dugout. Wow. And the seats in front were like the guy's seats and our seats. Like we just didn't sit in the front row because there was a lot of us. We had kind of. So he ended up getting these seats from this guy that was on the dugout. I have a picture of me like sitting there with my feet up on the dugout, just mm-hmm. like chilling in the chair. And uh, Vlad Jr., because we're on the right field line, is, I mean, whatever the distance is from that to the first base, maybe 50 feet, 30 feet. He's sitting right there. And uh, so that was really cool. So like I got to see him play live. And which the guy's was, I mean, a giant. He, I mean, just yeah. stacked. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's you a big, see him on he's, TV and I'm like, that He's actually lost weight good. too, which is crazy. Okay. I mean, he's a little more like agile and quick A little and more stuff. like his father, right? Because his father was just all Fa- well, father muscle. Was, no, his father was lanky. Do you remember Vladdy? Here, I'll show you Vladdy. tall, huh? Tall and lanky. Um, I just remember, I mean, the guy though, he, he was all muscle. I mean, the guy could yes. throw an out a ball from... Vladdy was very lean. Um, lean. Uh, senior exactly. was very lean. Yeah. But um, yeah, he did. He was muscular. Like that's scrawny. No batting gloves. Iconic yeah. look. Yeah, the best swing. <laughs> Just <laughs> kind of like man. that golf swing. <laughs> yep. And then so yeah, like kind of bigger legs as as he developed. Like yeah. I guess you're right. He's but he was like kind of like lanky mus- muscular. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, but just the old school, no batting gloves, yep. just grip and rip it. Absolutely loved it. The guy had a cannon for an arm. This is actually Vladdy and him. That's his, Yeah, I've seen that photo. I love that photo. Which is amazing. Yeah, and of is. course, this like this brings me back right here because I have a jersey at home. Same mm-hmm. thing. Um, but Vlad Sr., I'll have to show you before you leave. The only autograph I have in my office is a bat that Vladdy signed when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018. That's cool. I'll show, I'll show it to you. Yeah, it's you there. have to show And he, he wrote it all out. So he's like AL MVP 2004. He wrote it all out. With, You're like, there? I wasn't or, there. I oh, ended up getting this, but I'll show you the but bat. But still, yeah. It's the only piece of, like, I'm like, I'm not a big like autograph nostalgia guy. Like, I love golf. If you gave me a Tiger Woods autograph, I'd be like, that's that's uh, cool. Yeah. That's cool. But Vladim- Vladimir Guerrero was like such an iconic figure when I was a kid. Well, and he was from up here. You know? And he was local, he was like a local, local player. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, he's like the local all-star. So when I was a kid, 
Like that autograph means more to me. And I've, I've got his autograph. It's not my first time I got it. Like mm-hmm. I got it as a kid. Like he's given me multiple autographs as a child. It's just the fact that like, I'm like, oh, I got this bat from when he was in the Hall of Fame. And he you know, signed it obviously years after That's playing. That's a big deal. Yeah. So yeah. I, I still have like a handful of like of autographs and balls and cards and things that he signed for me. But um, yeah, like this is what I remember. Just like old school Vladdy. Yep. Autograph yep. hasn't changed. He's still got the same look. <laughs> yep. Oh, I got it. Always got that smile. Dude, he's the like guy, the happiest guy. Love playing baseball. I think it's yep. the Dominican culture. I think they just they just have fun playing. Yep. But that guy's arm. I mean, I mean he threw from the wall to home plate. I mean, it was this perfect line. Like, line. Uh, like if you're sitting at third base, you're like, this is gonna come right to my hand, or it's gonna one hop to my glove perfectly. Yeah. I'm gonna tag this guy out. Yep. He had the strongest arm I've ever seen. I know other Same. players had some good arms. Vladimir, no one like him, though. Not that I ever saw. Inconsistent. I mean, he was. Um, yeah, I saw some. I saw him do some pretty cool things. My favorite Vladdy moment, I think, was when they played. They were playing Arizona. It was mm-hmm. year Arizona won the World Series. Yep. Um, Kurt Schilling was pitching. I think Kurt Schilling won the Cy Young that year. They were Kurt Schilling played the entire game. We went to the bottom of the ninth or bottom of the tenth. It was ninth or tenth. It must have been the ninth because Schilling was still on the mound, and uh, it was tied three three. Bottom of the ninth, Vladdy roped one over the left field line one four three. And and they were the, they were the number one NL team in the league at the time. Yeah. And it just turned on this pitch on on um, Kurt Schilling, lined it over the wall like on a line. I mean, this thing was like a rope. It went and just dipped over the wall. Home run. I mean, it probably left the park in like two seconds. It, there was no there was no I, I to believe it. Oh, like I said, the the guy was just so he was strong. Also, the only yeah. guy to like hit a ball out of the dirt, like literally one hops off the ground. Yeah, that's what I say. He would do golf swings. Like this guy was just he swung yeah. at he was swinging at all the junk. He was not a patient batter, but that would made it so hard because this guy they're like if you pitch to him, like he's swinging at everything. So you better like Gary Gary Sheffield was kind of the same way. Remember him, Gary For Sheffield, the Detroit I do. Tigers and the Yankees. He he was kind of just like a, a sports agent now. Oh, is he okay? Yeah, Gary yeah, Sheffield is. always looked intimidating. He kind of oh, had a look yeah. about him, like I, I wouldn't want to mess with him. Same. Look, like he could beat you up. But. Like you better hope he's your friend if uh, you get in a bar scuffle or something. <laughs> oh yeah, his, his uncle was Dwight Gooden. I forgot about that. Dwight Gooden, yeah, yeah, that's the Mets. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Eric, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, I actually can. I, I just want to add something. A little awareness oh. for the autistic community. Yes, just, yeah, yes, hey, give, give us a plug. Uh, yeah, I just. Some uh, interesting facts I wanted to share here. Um, so, because not a lot of people are familiar, I mean, you know, the awareness is still going on. And actually, uh, the World Autism Awareness Day is coming up very soon. It's on April 2nd. April 2nd? Yeah, April 2nd. Um, they used to do, uh, like, you know, autism awareness walks over at the old uh, airport. In Plattsburgh. Okay. Um, yes. But they haven't really done it last few years, if, if I'm mistaken. They have a, it's, um, it's unfortunate. It's like a virtual thing. They also have the uh, Completely Stranded, right? Aren't they doing a show? I have no idea, but those guys are great. You're talking about uh, Merritt's group. Merritt? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And uh, uh, where? Why can't... Jason. 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 Uh, yeah. Andy Ducharme. Yep. And uh, I just, you know, just a few interesting things. You know, it's I, I didn't realize myself that... Uh, Autism spectrum disorder, known as ASD, is one of the fastest growing development disorders in the United States, and it's more common than childhood cancer, diabetes, and AIDS combined. Uh, 
it affects one in 49 children. The research indicates that the genetics are involved in the vast majority of ASD cases and children who are born to older parents are at a higher risk for having autism. And boys, men, are f nearly five times more likely than the uh, girls to be diagnosed with ASD. So there's a lot of boys who, who get this. And, and really starts around, it presents itself, a, uh, ASD, around two, three-ish. Though sometimes they find uh, it can happen earlier symptoms. And, um, th and then, this is the crazy part. I didn't realize there are 50,000 individuals with ASD will exit uh, high school, just let alone in the United States. And many of them will not be getting the services that are required due to like certain state laws and stuff like that. Uh, so that means 35% of adults who have autism don't have a job or can't receive a postgraduate education after leaving high school. So, you know, I guess my message out there to many is, you know, many folks is if you just have a few hours of your time, you know, to kill, spend some time with you know someone especially the, the, the older ones too that have autism because uh it's they need that uh that socialization like we were talking about earlier that's such a it's such a big thing you know and uh compassion show them empathy um it's a big deal so yeah and that's all i want to end it off with yeah and um autism alliance walk i know a few people that participate and you know from like a spearheading that walk and yep. stuff and um, so Saturday, May 6th, uh, 2023, Clinton County Fairgrounds in Plattsburgh. So May 6th, awesome. May 6th. Um, the, I just Googled um, Autism Alliance um, Walk Plattsburgh, and, and the website comes right up. But you guys can go and donate or register to do the walk. Um, I know a lot of companies sponsor. I know they get a lot of personal donations. Um, again, I know a handful of people that are directly affected by it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that, you know, like I said, it's... Uh, you know, I think there's some good support for people there, but as with anything, there's always there always can be more. You know, yeah, so that's it's, right. You know, yeah. and so you know, especially uh, there are a lot of uh, women uh, for uh, direct support professionals like my line of work. But mm -hmm. if we could get more men out there, that would be wonderful, uh, especially for the young guys that need male role models. That's huge right now. So, like I said, all all it takes is just a few hours of your time, anyone's time too just spend time and, and, you know, let these kids know that someone cares about them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Eric, this was good. It was, it was, was awesome, fun. Galen. Thank you so it, much. You know this was I, a, this was, it was a pleasure. I, I think the bush light's starting to grow on me. So cheers, buddy. It's growing on my bladder. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> that's, where, that's where we're cutting it off under the uh, three hour mark. Um, all right, well, we're going to end there again, Eric Ashline, all around good dude. Um, again, autism, Awareness Walk is May 6, um, 2023, which is a Saturday at Clinton County Fairgrounds. Um, again, check it out. I know there's a lot of people that are involved in that do that do great work. So, um, yeah, that's it. Episode 224 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.